What's up, everyone? Hello from a frosty Beijing. Firstly, happy Chinese New Year to all of you out there. May the year of the tiger be a successful one for you all. Let's get right into some Mushan martial culture news. I recently made public a lesson video that is on the Huajin online learning platform. It is a lecture on an important classical theoretical concept from traditional Xingyiquan theory. It is an aspect that is quite commonly misunderstood by many practitioners. So I decided to release the entire lesson publicly on the Mushin Martial Culture YouTube channel. This also gives you insight into the quality content that is contained within the Huajin Learning Program. As in addition to the practical lesson videos, once a month a lecture video is also made available to the members of the program. So go check it out. I also released the fourth part of my interview series I did with Xu Xiaodong. In this episode, he discusses his matches with Tian Ye and the Wing Chun proponent Ding Hao and what led up to them. Xu Xiaodong also shares some of his personal opinions regarding the style of Wing Chun. Also, I released the first part of Ba Gua Zhang Liu Jing Ru, Flow Like Water, Drift Like a Cloud. This documentary, which features the well-known Ba Gua Zhang practitioner Liu Jing Ru, was compiled in 2014 and I have fully subtitled it and dubbed parts of it, as well as added relevant info for the international community to enjoy. I'll be releasing it in three parts. In part one, that is released, Liu Jingru discusses parts of his history and some history of the art of Ba Guajang. I will also be working on some other interesting projects related to Ba Guajang over the next few months, after I finish releasing the final Hidden History of Shuai Jiao episodes. I have been working hard on finishing this history series, and I hope to release the last episodes next week. So, there is something for you guys to look forward to. Okay, as you know, the various Mushin martial culture merchandise is available on my Teespring store. There is a variety of items available now, so go have a look. If you feel like supporting this podcast indirectly, getting some of the Mushin martial culture merchandise is one way to do it. You can find the store at the link in the show notes. Another way to support this podcast, as well as all the Mushin endeavors, is through Patreon. There are general support tiers, and there's also a third tier, the Hua Jin tier, in which you can study the arts of Xing Yichuan and Ba Guajang in depth. There is already quite an extensive library of lessons on the arts released, with additional lessons released regularly. If you are interested in learning Xing Yichuan or Ba Guajang, give the course a try. The Patreon site may be found at patreon.com slash Mushin Martial Culture. That's Mushin Martial Culture, all one word. You know, any support that I can get through the Patreon site is highly appreciated. Many of the endeavors, for example, the Ba Guajang Liu Jing Ru Flow Like Waters Drift Like a Cloud series, is an extremely time-consuming and taxing endeavor to do. So your support enables me to continue to focus and release these things. Okay, with that out of the way, let's get into today's podcast. My guest today is Raphael Smith who also goes by Ralph. He's a friend of mine and lived in Beijing for quite a few years. He is a fifth-generation Song-style Xing Yichuan practitioner under Li Yujie. He also studied Chen-style Taiji Chuan through a Korean lineage which came from Hong Junchen's practice of the art, as well as other arts such as Chinese Shuai Jiao and sport combat-related practices. Ralph has an extremely interesting history with much experience in the arts, in training and competing. He is the co-founder of his school named Jingwu Pai and, as of a few months ago, returned to the United States with his lovely family, where he is now beginning to teach, promote, and develop the arts there. I have put his various contact details in the show description. Well, with that out the way, I give you Raphael Smith. Okay, welcome to the Drunken Boxing Podcast, Raphael Smith. How are you doing over there? 
Doing good, man. Thank you for having me. Oh man, it's 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 my pleasure to have you on. You you've just recently moved back to the states after living on this side of the world for a very long time. How are things going with your move back? Uh, finally settled, man. Uh, took a little time. Got through the reverse culture shock, and <laughs> uh, now you know just just grinding, working, and and, and being a you know my new pops, man. So. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> on is the new. baby. Congratulations Thank Thank on the you. baby. So uh, you, when did you move back? It, I mean, I saw you last just before you left. That was, geez, I can't even remember what A week before. Oh, was September. Yeah. It was September, huh? Damn. Yeah. Time's flying, man. Yeah. It feels like yesterday. It always does. It always does. And then we have these conversations and realize how long ago yesterday really yeah. is. <laughs> Shit, man, that was September. Wow. All right, man. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background for the listeners? Um, you can, you know, uh, we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. Sure. Uh, Ralph Smith, um, Kung Fu practitioner, started out in Southern Mantis, Juklum. Well, technically, I started out in Shaolin, but the, the, the experience is so bad, I never really tell. Um, you you've deleted that from your cv yeah man no no disrespect to shaolin cats but i shaolin didn't treat me right right so i went to juklum okay and um i was doing juklum for about seven or eight years um that, that's southern mantis right southern mantis right um before getting to china and ultimately man to be honest with you i would still be doing it now mm. um, but ran into politics nobody likes kung fu politics and um, ultimately in order for me to be you know the martial artist that i wanted to be after arriving in china um i had to make some decisions and so i chose to kind of focus in in other martial arts and me and my juklum family in atlanta and uh in la and in different different places i'm still connected with with juklum but just not a part of the system like that anymore so you started in atlanta mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay i tell okay. people i got everything i needed from chinese kung fu i got from two black men in East uh, <laughs> like and and i i didn't know that until i got to china to know that <laughs> okay. like, like i got everything i needed there well you lucked out you lucked out that's a good thing to to say you know i mean a lot of people are like man I got everything I didn't need from these people for the last 15 years, and now I'm starting all, all over again. At least you have the opposite of that. Well, minus your, and your I bad got that. experience. I, I got that one. Yeah. I got that one too, though, bro. Uh, man, listen. I got that one too. <laughs> all right, good, good. Uh, well, talk a little bit about your training with them, who they are, if you, I mean, if you want to, and, 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 and where, when, what, you know, why. Uh, so I started out in Juklum with Sifu Peter Goldburns and Troy Taylor back in 1998, 99. Okay. And uh, at that time, I had to be, wow, it's been a minute since I thought back. I had to be 15. I had to be 15 okay. when I started with them. And, um, you know, they they had a small school in 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 Decatur, Georgia, which is the east, eastern part of, of Atlanta. 
Mm. And um, I remember going, and I should say I remember calling the school, and the guy that picked up who I would later learn was Cecil Troy was like, yeah, the T-shirt is ten bucks. Monthly dues is sixty bucks. We train Monday, sorry, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, two hours. <laughs> that was the. <laughs> there was no frills. It was just like that, that was the business. sales pitch. That was the sales yeah, pitch. It was all business. All bu- and then he reminded me. He reminded me before uh, you know we hung up that you know no Chinese teachers here also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, I guess he gets um, that. I, I'm, I'm sure then that's what he was getting a lot, which is kind of sad, but it's kind of also, it's kind of, I mean, you can kind of forgive people who don't know uh, what, you know, when they're just getting into Chinese martial arts, that they expect the only people that they're going to learn from are Chinese people, or even that the only people they want to learn from are Chinese people. So, that's exactly what they And they had gotten it so much that it became a part of the spill when you mm. called, um, because... You know, I would later find out that, you know, they would talk to people, then they would arrive, and then they would have the first class. And, you know, unbeknowing to them, you know, these people are thinking, well, where's the real teacher? Right. No, you're in front of the real teacher. And then they'd have that conversation only to, you know, find out that these people would just fall off because they were expecting something that wasn't there at their school. Um, But it certainly wasn't on my mind. But I Mm. got that info, and it it stuck with me. You know, you're you're 15 years old, so you're that young. I hung up the phone thinking, man, you know, he didn't even tell me about the art. He just was like, here's the, here's what we train, this is how much it costs, and this is who's not here, <laughs> right? <laughs> and <laughs> to, to, to be honest, it was, it made me keep looking other places. Mm. So, you know, I had that initial conversation, but I was still calling other schools only because, you know, I, I wanted to be sold, man. I was impressionable. I was a 15-year-old, so I, I wanted to hear some kind of story or something. Of and, unfortunately, the, the places I was calling, you know, none of the things they were saying over the phone, these, these are Yellow Pages days. So, ah, okay. You know, <laughs> right? Oh, so so, I'm so in the you Yellow weren't pages. looking specifically for, for Southern Mantas. You were just like, I want to oh, do Chinese martial nah, arts. I was just looking. Arts. I want to do Kung Fu and okay. what school can I go to in the city? That's exactly the space I was in. Okay, and, okay. Um, so I could have ended up anywhere, um, and I ended up in the place that had, you know, the smallest sale pitch simply because after calling different places, I remember thinking they seemed the, they seemed the most direct. And I was coming from that Shaolin school, which was, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were quite, you know, I don't want to badmouth them, but they, they left a lot of things unsaid that made it very difficult for a 14-year-old who wants to do martial arts whose mother is spending, you know, her extra money on their, a child having a leisure activity. And, mm. you know, if you're from where I'm from at 14, you're lucky to be doing something right. after school because you could, you, you should be working. I'm going to be honest. You should be working. And um, so she, she was grappling with, you know, giving into something that I had been requesting. And, you know, as their fees went up, it seemed like every other day, she just kind of told me, she said, if you still want to do this, you got to go somewhere I can afford. And right. it used to be under 100 bucks. And this school was taking, you know, 1000 to 2000 every three months from her. Ooh, that's, and so... In those days, Jesus, what were they? Gold plating their kung fu? What the hell was going and on I'm a, I could tell you exactly what they were selling because I remember the pamphlet. Um, it was a teacher from Taiwan selling. He had been to the Shaolin Temple and had learned, you know, the real Shaolin Kung Fu and mm-hmm. it's highly requested. And I bought into it because I chose the school. 
I right. bought into it. I'm 14 years old. Of course I of bought course. into it. I watch Kung Fu movies, right? So yeah. I'm believing that he is what he says he is, and I'm pretty sure he is, but he didn't take me serious. I remember him telling me several times I, I should be using my Saturday to go to Six Flags or play with my friends. And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I'll wait. I'm going to class once a week. I, I can't wait till Saturday coming. You're telling me I should be thinking about other things? That's a shitty and, thing to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all that's good. It's a, it's a part to a of the kid. journey. Especially to a kid. Yeah. I mean, those, those kind of people are supposed to, you know, they're supposed to help you be somebody that you're aspiring to be. Even if you don't know, you can be that person, not try to push you down. Absolutely. I'm sorry. That, Absolutely. That's not what it's supposed and to be. I don't want to give them too much light, but it, it there were many other things to where even then, my, my young mind kept thinking, well, you know, the master's always mean to the new student. So I really romanticized, you know, something that was quite toxic. Um, right, right. But ultimately, you know, fate had it that, you know, mom said financially, this is not going to work. And if you want to go there, then this is stopping. And if you can't find anywhere else that's cheaper, then you got to wait until you can afford it on your own. You know, I have, a, I have a couple of friends that I've met over the years in Chinese martial arts. And I'm talking about somebody that was training here. And um, they had a very similar relationship with their teacher in that they were doing a, a type of bagua. I'm not going to go into names. And um, it started off that the teacher was very excited about uh, whoever would be coming through as a new prospect, a new student, right? And uh, be all excited. And then a few months in, he'd kind of, it's like losing interest with a new toy. And then after a few months, he'd be like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, don't think you're going to get it or start, you know, oh, well, maybe and getting frustrated. But also maybe maybe he had expectations that were a little bit too high or maybe he just he just didn't have the resilience to teach the way that he needed to teach. But he would be putting the, the guy down all the time after a few months. And this really affected the guy. It affected the guy right. so much that he yeah. was half depressed about it and then he after it's a type of emotional torture to be honest it's abuse actually mm -hmm. at, at the end of it he left a he left the teacher and never wanted to do chinese martial arts again so that's the that's the sad part about what happens with that kind of attitude you know and i don't think yeah, it's, it's it's bad I yeah i don't think the student is to really to blame because even if you get a student who's not naturally gifted or whatever I mean, that's the point of training. It's to improve yourself. It's like if you've got a guy that can do everything off the bat, he doesn't need training, really. I mean, you right. know, you're, right. you're a lazy teacher if that's what you think that, uh, you know, anybody who doesn't get it first time and is not excelling at it from the beginning. If you think that that's, that's no, not worth your time, then you're just a shitty teacher, unfortunately. Right. So, right, right. Yeah. I think that's, you know what, you make a good point because, you know, that school... When they originally took me on, now at 14, I'm big. I'm big. Yeah. And, you know, even when I got to my Jukulum school, I remember telling them I was 15 and everybody was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it yeah. was shocking to them. So when they put me in, they had me in the kids' class because of my age. And it was like five year olds in there. And <laughs> it got to a point where I think the instructor of that cast was like, you know, that Raphael kid shouldn't be in here. He's too, <laughs> too big, right? And yeah. so they moved me, he moved me to the adult class and um, I don't want to take up too much time talking about all the horrible experiences, but I did want to bring this up. 
they moved me to the adult class, but treated me as if I wasn't there. Oh, and, I see. Yeah, you see what I mean? And uh, I, I would meet people coming in because they had me going once a week under the, you know, the pretense I needed to get stronger. Mm. And I remember newer adults coming in and asking me, because we'd be doing conditioning drills or something, because I'm really serious. I'm going home. I'm really thinking the master is hazing me. Like, he's really trying right. to see if you know, I'm going to step up. I remember this guy came up to me. He said, man, how, man your forearms are, are like, 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 like steel. How long have you been training? And I was like, oh, five months. He said, you serious? He was like, why don't you come to the other classes? I said, well, he told me I can only come on Saturdays. He's like, for what? As I only been here two months. I come to every class. We meet oh, every class. Man. There's classes every day. So he was, he took advantage. You know, I, I realized, I think he took advantage. I was a young kid. They seen my mother was, you know, obviously willing to pay whatever they were asking because I was a young kid who wanted to do this. That's, and that's I didn't even get nowhere near the benefits. So ultimately, you know, my mother wasn't going to keep that up. She probably well, seen it and just didn't tell me. Good, good that you moved on. So you moved on to looking at other places, and the one that sold you is the one that said t-shirts ten bucks, dues are sixty bucks, yep. and there are no mm -hmm. Chinese teachers here. There's cool. no Chinese teacher here, and that stuck with me. I kept thinking, why he talk like that? I'm dead serious. <laughs> like I was talking <laughs> to other places, and I kept thinking, why he talk like that? But you know, then you know the yellow books era, yellow the yellow pages era. You didn't really have YouTube or something to yeah. look up an art to see what it was like. So I would go through the Kung Fu movies and try to identify like a Southern man is. And I remember I came across uh, North Shaolin versus South Shaolin, the Shaw Brothers, Invincible Shaolin, the, the Shaw Brothers flick. Oh, okay. And okay. I seen I seen Lo Mang's character getting trained in the Southern Manus, and I was like, oh, is this? It, it wasn't exactly that, but that's how I was like. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm gonna go, and um, I remember going to this school, man, and um, it's exactly what somebody like me needed. It was you know, good they, at the time. They were young brothers in there, and you know, for where I was in life, I got they got to be a haven, and, and really, you know, a place to where I could allow that side of me that didn't think, you know, anybody in Atlanta did come for it. It, it allowed me to kind of dream. And so I'm always forever grateful to them. They'll, I always say it, you know, I don't think they ever know, but everything I needed to know for Kung Fu, those guys gave me. And I double down on that all the time. Um, the Atlanta Brand School of CKFA, the Jiklum there is top notch, top notch people, real and like really serious. And, and just the brotherhood is, is something unrivaled. And so I stayed. Up until, are they still uh, running? The I mean, does the school are they still yeah, teaching? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. They're they're still they're still up in Atlanta. Um, my kung fu brothers who were there before me and the ones who came after me are still training there. Uh, you know, the Jiklum, as I've understood it, at least through the Puyi group, you know, schools have you know they're not huge in numbers, so you're not mm. looking at 15, 20 people. It's always like a core group of like seven to nine people. Okay, and you know. Most people in that art, if you like it, you really like it. Yeah. You're in it. Um, it doesn't really take to, I mean, I'm going to be honest, it's an ugly looking art. So it yeah, really for sure. But I mean, that, that's, that's, yeah. the, that's the other thing that people have this misconception about. Like for me, when I look at like good mechanics, good structure, good principles, good issuing of connected body force, to me, that's beautiful to look at. And to other people, it's like, well, that's boring. You know, they want to see people flicking right. through the air and, 
and right. land it. Right. And, but for us, once you know what to look for, you're like, yeah, no, a good bung tran. Oh, oh that's beautiful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's good kung fu there. I haven't, in all my time in Juklum, if you meet someone who's been in any of the schools that they had in North America, if they had been around for over a year, they were good. Yeah. Like, and that's, and, and I stand by that today. Like, I've never seen, you know how you see people, they've been around, and you're always like, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, it's like, you could do a little more. Mm. You, 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 you should be a little more serious if you right. really want to accomplish, right? And I've never seen that in Jip Club because ultimately anybody who gets to that point, usually it's, it's like half a year in and they kind of like phase themselves out. Mm. Um, you know, the good thing is you get a good group of people who are really trained, as we're saying, good mechanics. They they understand what they're doing. The bad thing is, is the numbers are almost always small. But that's, places. I think, that's going to be, I mean, even with my, like, with my Xing Yi training here, the, the, the guys that are more serious training with my teacher, it's never been like a big group of people. It's always been a handful of people. You get people that come and go and they're kind of, you know, they're doing it very in a lay lay method you'll see them one one week you won't see them for three weeks but then there's always that core group of about five or six people that are regular and training you know they're putting the effort in at home and you know they're coming to see my teacher on the weekends i'm there more but i mean they they, they work so they can't come during the week but you know they'll come on the weekends and you can see that they're putting in the effort even at home like outside of work hours and that's never going to be that many people so it's going to be like a, a a handful of people so Man, I'm 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 hard. <laughs> yeah. Like I say that because, you know, with with my master and my kung fu brothers, I always want them. I'm I'm like y'all suck. I'm sorry, <laughs> and it's not it's 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 just it's just y'all should be better. I, I feel like the teacher put in the work for us, you know, to no, to, I agree to, to try to try to meet. And she always says this to me, but you know, I recognize me. She's like, you know, some people. They, they do this because they just want to balance their life and she's totally okay with people who mm. you know she might just be teaching them p-twin for four or five years and you know yeah you know, she knows they're not going too far but you know they like it and she's like you know they come by and they have they have dumplings with me and you know i enjoy them whereas inside of me but i'm like sure for you you didn't grind the way you in my mind you didn't put up with what you put up with to have that and i know you got that but if it's, if somebody got to say something, I'd rather it be me. No, I hear you. Than, you know what I mean? Because it's just like, you know, my heart does break sometimes. Because I'm like, you know, sure, fool, man, you you had to go through the, you a woman, can't do shingy. You went through all this stuff. And now you got men who, we got to be doubly dope. <laughs> we can't be like less because then, you know, it feeds into it. And she'll just kind of laugh. But I recognize in those conversations. I'm a little hard, but yeah. hey, hey, we're here. Yeah, yeah. So, for the for the most part, man, I was there uh, for about seven, eight years. Okay. Um, got to Dalian, China, in '05, and what made you go to China? Uh, man, opportunity. Um, I knew I wanted to to go to China, mm. but I didn't know how to get there. And, okay. um, like, I didn't know how to get there, man. Like, I like when I say I'm from East Atlanta, man, I'm from East Atlanta. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know you need a passport. Like, I don't know, like, how to how to do it. 
everybody tells you these things, right? And the idea of doing it seems like fantasy, which right. it did to a lot of friends and family. When I finally got the opportunity, it was like fantasy. Um, but I, I ended up living in L.A. And while out there, I was taking some Mandarin courses. And I approached the professor and I said, you know, if you ever have any information about studying abroad, I'd like to, I'd like to get it. He was just like, okay. And he just, it just seemed like he was just like, okay, whatever, like, cool. Um, and I was kind of waiting around and nothing came back. So I'm trying to search how to, you know, go to China. And everything that's popping up are these Beijing Hutong apartments that are like 4000 a month. Oh, and, and four thousand US, yeah, you know, know, a month. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, bro, who, who, who goes to China? <laughs> like, <laughs> who can afford this? And you know, I'm not knowing. No part of me is thinking, you know, Chinese people probably post houses in Chinese. <laughs> the rent. It's yeah. never occurring in my brain because, like I said, I don't know. And so I was ready to kind of write it off as I couldn't afford it universities money to go out there and study is out my reach i definitely can't afford a hutong apartment <laughs> yeah because everybody you lives thought, in. You thought that was in my that's mind where everybody, lives. everybody lives in <laughs> exactly because everybody lives in a hutong apartment right <laughs> and just when i was ready to be like yeah I'm, i guess i'm not gonna go the professor pulled me aside after one class and was like hey you still interested in studying abroad and i'm like yeah he said what if i told you you can go to china as early as like next month, all expense mm. paid, plane ticket, your apartment, you do a work study, you can study at a university, work part time, get a small stipend. I mean, basically, you'll be set up. You just, you just got to go. Mm. And I remember looking at him thinking, I'm going to say this. I know it's your podcast. No disrespect to the community, but this is what I was thinking. I was like, man, I ain't gay. <laughs> like, I thought he was propositioning me. <laughs> I thought it was a proposition. <laughs> I thought it was a proposition. I'm dead serious. It's not the truth, all right? So I'm going to tell it. It's my truth. And I didn't say that, but I was just kind of like, I was like, all right, cool. I'll let you know. And I kind of walked out of the classroom thinking like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, what? And so when I came back to class, like, I think class is like Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday. But I came back that week. I asked him, I said, can you give me some more info? And I let, you know, I want to really think about it. But it ended up being what he said it was. And uh, he was just like, you know, you're going to go to a city called Dali. And do you know it? And I was like, nah, I never heard of it. You know, after that, he gave me all the info. And because I just wanted to end the China thinking, man, if I can bypass this 4000 US dollars a month, <laughs> sure, i <I'd> go. <laughs> Were you thinking, Dalian? Yeah. That's just is how far is that to the Beijing Hutongs? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you know what's crazy? It never occurred to me. This is true. I didn't know where this city was on the map, so I couldn't tell you if it was north, south, east, west. Yeah. Like my my just thought of this was an opportunity to accomplish something that I wouldn't otherwise be able to do on my own. Just kind of like over like it overrided everything. It was just like take it and then figure it out. When I literally right. was like, yo, just go. It, it, it's China. I don't care where it's at. Get there, and then we'll figure out yeah, how to navigate, you know, getting to, to Jiangxi province. Because I wanted to go do Jiklum in China. Right. So once I got there, um, I realized I was in Dongbei. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the worst winter storm ever. 
Yeah. <laughs> From California yeah, yeah. to Dongbei. Never mind the culture shock. You had a weather shock. Man. From SoCal, too. From Los Angeles, of all places. I was yeah. just, like, ill-prepared. I didn't have the clothes for it. I oh, didn't, shit. I, I didn't have anything, though. But, you know, I was in China, so that's all that mattered. What year was this? Yeah, no. Nah. 05, 2005. Okay. O- October 05. I can tell you when it was. Dalian had apparently the worst winter storm ever recorded when I so arrived. They, so they got the welcoming winter out for you. And listen, I thought I knew snow until I arrived in Dalian. <laughs> Actually, my, my flight, my connecting flight was canceled. So I flew into Beijing. And man, imagine this. I don't know. It may have been better, better for you because I know you had the, the grasp on the language. Arriving, mm. right? So I arrived in Beijing and they had like the signs telling you to go to your connecting flight, but the sign of my flight just said canceled. Oh, and shit. I had no phone number. I had no phone number to anybody. I had I just realized I had no contact info oh, on no. the people I was supposed to be meeting. So I'm at this airport, my flight is canceled, and in my mind I'm thinking, what if they don't show up? when I do it, <laughs> yeah. like, 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 and, you know, luckily it's just, you know, it's a long story. Luckily when I arrived, apparently they had just been waiting there all night. Oh, okay. Like that. Yeah. And they, they seen me and they told, they had the same worry. They was like, what if, what if like his fight is canceled and he just decides to stay in Beijing because it's easier because it's a bigger city. Like, and I was like, no, I was coming. I said, I was going to definitely make it here and then try to figure out. How to get in touch with my professor and find out where you guys were. I wasn't going to stay in Beijing. Yeah. Plus, you couldn't afford the hutongs, and you thought those were the only apartments. Couldn't afford the hutongs. Man, listen. (laughs) (laughs) I got hustled, though. They still hustled me. They hustled me. You know those, bro, you know those dudes who, it's it's not as bad now, but you know those dudes who stand around the, the, the exit port for international flights who say, taxi, taxi, blah, 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 right? And they, in 2005, these dudes would be dressed up as air, airport workers. Okay. And yeah. this dude, he caught me. I, I literally only had $350 in my pocket. He got me for 300 Shit. <laughs> <laughs> he got me for 300 I remember thinking, I thought I was a hustler. I get hustled. But, you know, when you... The element of not being in a place you're familiar with, wanting yeah, some help. I mean, they really exploit that. Oh, I'll do it for you. Yeah, it costs this. It costs that. Oh, we changed your flight. It costs that. Oh, we're going to take you to this hotel. It costs this. Yeah, the hotel costs that. Then by the time he was like, he wanted a tip, I looked in my pocket. seen the, He seen me pull the 50. I said, no tip. I looked him in his face. He was, no tip. I don't have it. And I stayed up the whole night because I kept thinking. He might come back and rob me because I knew I had just got hustled, so I didn't even sleep. I just sat there staring at the door waiting. Like, oh, uh, no. When they going to come back? They didn't come back, obviously. This is just no. going on you know, American stuff, like how stuff. And I remember getting a dolly in saying, I'll never go back to Beijing. It's funny saying that now. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Like, I'll never go back to Beijing. <laughs> but I've had experiences like that, too, where you have some negative experience like that, and you then you associate the place with that. You're like, you know, screw that pace. I'll never go there again. So, dude, it took me five years before I seen Beijing again. Oh, really? Okay. I stayed in Dalian up until 2010, uh, which is around the time I moved to to Beijing. I just took the first trip for the interview at the university. Okay. 
university and, and then moved there. But I literally stuck to it. People would be like, yo, we going to Beijing for the weekend. Uh, I take that back. 2009, when I met my teacher, was the first time I went back in. Oh, okay. So when you got to Dalian, were you, were you doing any martial arts while you were there? Yeah, so the first six months I didn't um, simply because uh, the experience with the work study wasn't what it, man, I got hustled. Let me just put it, let's make a long story short. My first <laughs> year and some change, I got hustled. <laughs> Even in so, your work side of things? Man, listen, they work me literally. I'm not, I'm not rounding up. This is true. I worked 84 hours a week. Oh shit! Yeah, um, I know when they my do that. First, here. Yeah, my first seven months. That's that's. I didn't see because you know in Dongbei when the winter hit, it gets dark like around three three forty five, yep. four o'clock. It's, yeah. it's it's getting dark, right? So I didn't see my apartment in daylight until after four months because I was leaving so early in the morning. It was dark, yeah. and I would finish around eight nine, and right around May is when I first seen my apartment during the May holiday in sunlight. That's how I was working. So I didn't have time to... Nah, it was not good. It, it, it was a good introduction to China, though. It taught me everything I needed. I tell everybody, that first year and a half taught me everything I needed to know to navigate living there. Right. Um, because I met, I think, the worst possible scenarios to know better. Right. Um, but after about seven months, the work-study contract was up. And I was slated to return back to the States, but I didn't do anything but work. I didn't have any <laughs> mm. cultural experience or anything. And even the Chinese classes weren't what they were supposed to be at the university. So I decided to stay okay. uh, with the condition of them cutting my hours down. And I found uh, a lost track teacher, the Li Zongtran. And I okay. was doing long fist um, for about... I started with him... And I say part-time because I still very much was a Jiquan practitioner for about four, pretty much to the end of 06. From like, end of, like the end of summer 06 to the end of 06, I was like a part-time Mizong Trend practitioner because my, okay. my, my goal was to get to South China. Like I wanted to get to South China. Yeah. So I get there. I go. I make a trip. And I visit the Hong Kong branch of uh, Jiklum, not knowing that there's this big political rift between the Hong Kong practitioners and everybody else. Oh, okay. I don't even know that. I don't. I know very little about the inner workings of Southern Mantis. I, I mean, I, I always thought yeah. it's pretty well propagated, like in the states. There's quite a lot of practitioners in the states. It's kind of well known. I mean, everybody knew Henry Puyi until he passed away a few mm -hmm. years ago, and. You know, um, but I didn't know there was mm -hmm. there was factions. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was doing it, and I didn't. Nobody had told me like, yo, it's why you in China? Make sure you don't be going down. It's, nobody told me, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking like, yo, I'm about to go and represent. You know, for for Jip Lum, I'm gonna try to you know learn as much as I can. That way, when I go back, you know, I ain't. That's my personality. I want my teachers to be like, yo, you really grinding. You really right. you know, you're right. really representing. So, you know, I made that trip, man, to Ping Shan, Shenzhen, where they mm -hmm. have uh Jukum school. Um, I forget the teacher's name because this is so long ago. And um, mind you, I didn't call, bro. I just looked him up through Baidu. Got the address. 
and, and arrived. And trusted he would be there. I'm dead serious. And trusted he would be there. And um, oh, I remember there was a bus that went from Shenzhen, one of Shenzhen's bus stations, to Ping Shan that took me a day to find. And the bus driver was like, there's no bus that comes back tonight. <laughs> and so it was all or nothing. And I was like, oh, I'll just find a hotel up there. And he dropped me off. Ping Shan is a small place, bro. It's uh, it's it's like it's it's like being deep, deep, deep dashing, Hebei. Nothing's down and nothing I shouldn't say down, nothing is up there. Yeah. And um so I get there and one of like the little motorbike drivers, he sees me and he comes over and he starts speaking English. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to, and I show him the address that I had written down. And he's like, okay, I'll take you. And I was like, cool, he know it. And uh, not realizing it's just the main street. I'm <laughs> <laughs> thinking, oh, he know it. Like, it's a famous school. It's like the only main street, right? So he shoots me over there. And um, they got, like, the, the, the gutters are over the glass are closed and locked. So I'm like, oh, man, ain't no bus back. So I asked the, dry, the the motorcycle, I said, yo, is there any private cars? You got any numbers for private cars? And he gives me one. And I told him to wait because I wasn't sure. And, yeah. you know, he's waiting there. And I ring the bell. And this guy answers. And he's speaking, I'm guessing, some southern dialect. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> and he's like, what do you ask me to the, it was like a real rude way. I can't remember. But he was, he was kind of like, just what do you want? <laughs> right. <sighs> And I was like, well, I should go for the. And so I'm waiting and the gutter doors go up, bro. And he comes out. The school is beautiful. Oh, wow. You know, it's, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And he invites me in. We chat for like about two years. I'm not going to name any names because he, ooh, put it this way. I got a lot of gossip about some very well-known Western people who made their way to Ping Shan okay. about his relationship with those people. He told me straight from his mouth, I'm not going to repeat it, but I heard it. I never, to this day, that's all I tell people. And I was just like, wow, man, this art has really big problems. Mm. And after he said, after he told me all this gossip, he asked me, almost like he was trying to set, set up the, the mood for it. He said, so who do you study under? Yeah. And I didn't know how to say Henry Puyi's name in Chinese, so it was yeah. a good thing. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I, I didn't know. You see what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know how to say his name in Chinese. And I told him, I said, I don't know his name in Chinese. I just know his, his English name. And I, I did say Henry Puyi, but he didn't, it didn't register for him. Like, right. Name. And um, he was just like, all right, if you want to study Kung Fu, you, you got to live here at the school. And he was like up on the second floor. They're uh, dormitories. Uh, okay. Just tell me when you're going to come and, you know, you can come down. And I was like, how, bro, this, I'm, this is a true story. I was like, how much? He said, there is no fee. He's like, if you're going to study here, you live here. If I need you to do this, you're going to, if I need you to do something, you have to do it. Like, this is, this is how I learned from my father and this is how I take students. And then he named those names of people who arrived in Ping Shan okay. and talked about why he kicked them out. Because they couldn't fulfill th these requirements he was laying out for me. Like, no, no, no Joe Bobs. You can't be going down and doing this. Like, you, you got to be serious. No drinking, no partying. Yeah, right, 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 right. And so I'm like, bet. I'm excited. I'm like, this is why I was trying to get into China in the first place. 
first place. Right. So I shoot an email to all my Jiplum brothers in the States. And um, I never gotten like a direct, like my, my teacher, my teacher in Atlanta, I never gotten, I, he never had to like call me out on anything. Okay. Ever. And I remember I sent that email. I, I took my, I took the car back to Shenzhen. I went back to the hotel I was at. And then I walked over to the Wangba, to the internet cafe. And I, the first thing I did was I emailed them. Like, cause I studied at a school in LA too. So I sent the teacher who I was real close with in LA, this message. And then I sent the Kung Fu brothers and my teachers in Atlanta, the message. So it was all in one, Yo, okay. this is what happened, and I relate to them the story plus some of the details that okay. I'm not saying here. And um, everybody got back and was like, "Yo, that's what's up. Yo, do that, do it." And everybody's fully supportive. They like do it. Yeah, including 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 the teacher who ended up calling me out. So the next morning, you know, I get up because you know I'm now I'm just in Shenzhen. Wait till I get back to Dalian. About to pack my stuff and move. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So you've the decided. Next morning I get up. You're divorcing Dalian. Right. <laughs> I'm out. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and so I'm just waiting around for my flight. So I'm like, you know, heading over to the internet cafe just to check my email before I go about my day. And I see this message from my teacher. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, who you share? Who all did you share that email with? Yeah. And, you know, I hit him and I, he hits me back. He's like, well, I'm going to tell you, I got two things to say to you. He was like, as a representative of CKFA, if you decide to study with this teacher, you're no longer affiliated with us. And, oh, really? You know, the, oh, yeah, yeah. You're no longer affiliated with us. You know, the, his teacher, Sifu, Sifu Yi, yeah. kind of made it known because it, it had gotten to him, bro. Puyi, Henry Puyi wasn't even in Atlanta. He's in Houston. Yeah, he's in Houston. I didn't even he message was. anybody. Yes, right. It, I hadn't messaged anybody. I don't know anybody in Houston. And I had only messaged the people I know. And yeah. somehow it had gotten to him in Houston. And here's my teacher telling me, asking who I told. And, and my heart is like, well, I know Atlanta ain't say nothing. Yeah. And my teacher in L.A., we too close. Yo, we too. He wouldn't. Like, like before, when I left L.A., he treated me to this big dinner. He wouldn't turn around and then throw me under the bus on something that he thought, you know, wasn't cool. Plus, he had already hit me back and was like, yo, that's Dude. dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, he's like, you know, my teacher in Atlanta is like, it got back to CPE and he's like, basically, I got to let you know, if you decide to take this opportunity, you're no longer part of CKFA, nor can you ever be affiliated with us in the future, no matter how it may work out with you. And them. Wow. Um, and he was like, but as your teacher, who cares about your journey, I'm going to always be your Sifu and I support whatever decision you make. So don't worry about that. On, on, on. Oh, that's nice. And in the future, keep everything between the bros in Atlanta. That's exactly what he told me. So I, now I'm thinking, no, it wasn't my teacher in L.A. It wasn't my teacher in L.A. And then later I found out it wasn't my teacher in L.A. When I found out who it was, I was just like, wow. Anyway, that long story to say, that's when I gave up Jook Lump. Because I realized, how can I be in Atlanta and then be told not to be, sorry, how can I be in, in China and then mm. be told by people in the states not to engage China in the way I want to engage it. Yeah, I know that's like, a bit. I, of a I only wanted to be here to do, do kung fu. Yeah. yeah, and now it's like an ultimatum. You, if you do kung fu, you can't be cool with us. But I'm doing this art because because I love you guys and the art. Yeah. And um, 
you know, ultimately I got back to Dolly Inn and I literally told my Mizong Chan teacher, I said, I asked him, I said, you a, you're a certified coach? He said, yeah. And he showed me his one days and all this other stuff. And I, I told him, I said, I want to do what you do at your level. I, got, mm-hmm. I mean, I got the time. Right. <laughs> right. And and that's when I made the transition over to Lost Track. Okay. Chin Style, because he did Chin Style also, was 2000, into 2006. Yep. Wow. So that was it for Juklam. Yeah. You never actually went to that school down in the South. Never went back, man. I never even followed up. I didn't even bother because the way I seen it, you know, I I certainly wasn't going to create any bad relationship between my teachers and my Kung Fu brothers in Atlanta. I love those guys too much. Mm. And, you know, they did a lot for me growing up in Atlanta. Like I said, they were a haven for me. That school was a haven for me, bro. Like, right. like, like literally, they, they'll never know how much I used to enjoy leaving my part of the city having them two hours Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday morning. So I wasn't going to do something to, you know, shit on my haven. I, no, I'd rather course. just not do the art. Yeah, you know, I was just like, no, nah, I'm not even going to do it. I'd rather do something else. What is the, like, I mean, like if, you, said, if you feel like cool. talking, if you feel like talking about it, what is the bad blood between these two groups, the, the group in China and the, I mean, is oh, it's it a, wild. Yeah. I don't even, I don't think anybody really knows except the people it really is between because and i say that because when i think his his surname was wong Mm. wong i can't remember but when this teacher in ping shan was 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 barking about the people who had visited his biggest gripe was that the the teachers who left hong kong shenzhen basically the guangdong hong kong area those people, when they left, he, he felt like they kind of shitted on his father. He felt like they, they you know, you know, for lack of better words, they, they went on and created these kind of like sub-Juklum groups with them as the head while not uh-huh. honoring that his father was, was kind of like, it was a one seafood kind of thing. Right. Like there's one seafood. There's not many seafoods. And that's the impression he gave me. Whereas, mind you, I'm not getting, this is why I'm, I'm reading into it. And when everything happened with me going there, the various things that I was told was that, you know, the Hong Kong group felt that people in in North America felt the Hong Kong group just had a problem with their way of doing things. And there was this Mm. air of kind of like uh, entitlement because they remained. And I don't think that's the play. I think there's probably something very particular that happened that just it keeps getting inherited down the line to where people don't even know like when the person actually so-called reported me mm. he don't know how deep this problem is to report me he just inherited something and felt like it was right oh I so see. he was like oh i you see what i mean he don't know he don't truly know to where he can go man that's a problem because if he really felt that way he would have just checked me exactly. it would have been that deep you see what i'm saying it would have been so deep he would have just checked me on it but because he inherited it and he's trying to you know abide by you know whatever the culture is of this 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 conflict you know he essentially circumvented just coming to me directly and went to Puyi and now Puyi has got to go and tell my teacher now he knows me he knows though he met me once as a teenager Mm. now he knows me by name as this guy who went to Hong Kong and what is he doing out there right right and so I, I don't think nobody truly knows and it's at a point now that the old masters are kind of passed and this new generation is up it seems like it's dead. 
<laughs> yeah, that's like that's the, interesting. Suddenly, the conflict is gone. You know, the immediate thing everybody's that came, all buddy buddy. The immediate thing that came to mind with me is that this problem, this problem, probably either most likely stemmed from one or two of two places, or both. Uh, as is always, it's either money or women. It's probably something <laughs> to do with that. You know, somebody somebody did something that didn't cut somebody else in, or. It took some money that he thinks that he shouldn't have taken in with regards to whatever they were doing or somebody got somebody's girl or some shit like that it's usually something like that and then it becomes yeah. a, a whole entrenched thing over generations until those people are gone and then like oh the problem's gone so yeah. suddenly suddenly it don't exist no more i see everybody in these southern manners groups who back in the back in this time when i made this trip supposedly we can't be talking to each other but now everybody's best friends you see how crazy that is yeah that is crazy. <laughs> like and so i was just like you know what it couldn't have been that real because if if, if i got funk with you i got funk with you i yeah. don't need i don't need my students or my kung fu brothers to have that with you i got that with you right and and by no means do i want anybody associated with me trying to inherit that but the fact that that happened that's what makes me go like you took on something you don't even know what you took it on just by association right that's it right just by association and oh so, wow now you know it's in the past and i'm i'm grateful because you know the people i care about are still in my life good which was number one when i made that decision and you know if i'm going to be honest i probably wouldn't be where i am in martial arts today had i not made the decision so right i'm cool with it yeah yeah so then you started training seriously with a guy in dalian with uh, mizong and chen style taiji mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that must have been uh, quite a big I mean, that's very different to Juklam. I mean, straight off the yeah, bat. Yeah, I had to I wasn't flexible. Um I didn't understand my range of motion from my height. Yeah. You know, coming from a southern fist, a short range art, I had gotten used to not I had body mechanics based on that. And so to go to a lost track. Um, and you know the, the style of lost track I was doing, it's particular to Dongbei area, so it has elements of Pigua and, mm. and, and Northern. It's got other elements in it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's I mean, I don't want to say real long fist art, but it's 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 a it's a it's a essential, quintessential long fist art. Mm. And uh, so I'm doing things that was quite foreign to my body mechanics, but it was good. It it, it opened me up to a lot of ranges that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. Um, and the Chen style, you know, ultimately gave me an introduction to uh, Tai Chi that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Yeah. And so it was cool. It was, it was, it was a good, I think it was a good transition. I needed it as far as just being an athlete and a martial artist. Well, that's good. I certainly need it. How, how different, I mean, have, have you seen the, the, the commonly practiced, what they call uh, Mizong Lohan? that's in the west mm -hmm. that came through a lot of it came out of hong kong and the chinwu association in hong kong yeah. into the west mm -hmm. is there any similarity to what you were practicing no you know what it would be similar the mizong trend i was doing was more similar to the yanqing trend out of out of shandong okay I see. um okay. and if you see like if you did a side-by-side -side comparison of some of the forms you could see shared like 70 percent shared motion whereas that mizong that mizong lohan out of the jingwu man i would look at that stuff when i first started mizong trying to be like am i really doing because you know youtube is god right 
Mm. <laughs> am I really <laughs> am I really doing these on Twitter? <laughs> right, right. And only to realize that, you know, the version I was looking at wasn't particularly the version that I was doing. And, oh, lo and behold, there there are a few different versions of these on Trend. Um yeah. and it was cool. Uh, to be quite honest to that particular time, as much as I liked it, it didn't it didn't speak to me. Mm. It, it it I think it spoke more to if I'm being a bit vulnerable, the heartbreak of Juklum. Oh, like I was, see what you mean. There was the it was your it was your re, it was your rebound up. it was your rebound, rebound style. It was my rebound style, and you know, to be to be quite fair, it was good. It was a good rebound style, but you know, both Mizong and Juklum wasn't something that I chose because it spoke to something inside of me it it was something i chose because of proximity right and um and and ultimately i think that's why i didn't i didn't at least on the mizong side i didn't really go as in depth with it as i could have or as i did you know when i finally got into shimi right but i think the basics that you learned there probably helped you a little bit they so my teacher he he certainly was a Mizong Chen practitioner um, yeah. as a base who had gotten into Chen style. And I think because of, you know, him being a full-time teacher and seeing his well-being being supported more by Chen style, defaulted to doing more Chen Tai Chi uh-huh. than um, the Mizong trend. But in Dalian, like his teacher was there. He was highly respected because he was like Yao Ning's only eighth duan or something like that. So he was... Uh-huh. The person who everybody kind of wanted to be around and see and take pictures and with him being one of like those first round of disciples you know he was in this kind of core group but he had kind of moved away from it so what ended up happening when i started competing it was his kung fu brother his classmate who would be teaching me okay because he'd be giving chin style classes and and coach leo who I lost contact with this dude man i wish i still had his contact with him. this 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 og here hmm. He, <laughs> he. To to answer your, he allowed me to see what I could really be if I was serious about me zone track. Uh-huh. He really like the way he, because he he didn't he wasn't he didn't care about tai chi. All he did was me zone, oh, and okay. so or any other art. He just me zone was his thing. So I could see like man, you know, you know, Masian is, is is cool and all. He's he's cool. He's he's got it. But his his kung fu brother. He, you could see that Mizong in him, and he, he was when he moved, he was light, and when he was in deep stance, he was powerful. I see. And um, I never really, and I knew I didn't, I never really acquired that level, so I never claimed to have even gotten enough Mizong training. That makes sense to you, because that, right, yeah. that's what I'm looking at. I'm look, I'm looking at that and going, I never was even a, a, a speck of dust on his surface to even say I was doping Mizong. When wow. I could see his students who who did things that you know I couldn't possibly do at that time. Well, that's good. I mean, that's so showing you like fair, the art man, is, was... the art was in his blood and bones. Certainly, certainly, certainly. And he he obsessed over it. I remember him showing me uh, the sets that I would compete with, and right. he would always say, "He's like, you got to He's like, you you only do this when you come to class. I do this everywhere." And I was just like, all right. <laughs> all right. I guess that's how it should I be, did. right? I mean, that's Kung Fu. 
you know? It is. It is. It is. You mentioned and I'm grateful because... The... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say I'm grateful because he, he, he's somebody who, who I keep in mind when I think about time serious, seriousness needed. That's good. That's good. You mentioned the similarity that you'd say between uh, Yan Xingquan. When you were in Beijing, did you ever get a chance to see the Chuojiao Fanzi that came through um, Wubin Lo that's been handed down in Beijing? I haven't, man. And you know what's crazy? Hmm. Uh, don't take this comment as 10% correct because I never really inquired what my shift was. My shifu teaches Chorja uh, and something else. And fans, she teaches both, actually, to the kids. Okay. And I always wondered where she got it from. Okay. Um, but that I, I bring that up simply to say that's the only person I've seen do it in Beijing. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, there's a particular lineage that was handed down in Beijing that came, the most prominent person was a guy called Wu Binlo. Um, he died, oh, I'd say maybe... 40 years ago but he was well known like at the beginning of the republic end of the Qing, you know uh, his his uh his you know that his style has a has a, a connection to yen Qing, but he 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 took because georgia alfonso is quite an interesting system because it it it's not it's not like they're mixing georgia alfonso like into one thing the style right, comprises right. of georgia sets and fanza sets Right. And mm, okay. it's a systemized okay. way of teaching them. But, you know, the Chuojiao is the Chuojiao and the Fanza is the Fanza and you do both. And there's a sequence in that you learn. It's a huge system. Lots of weapons, mm. lots of hand forms, uh, lots of, um, you know, lots of forms in general. But the, the guy who who brought it and really systemized it and made it popular is Wu Binlo. And um, yeah, so it's if you see a lot of the traditional practices here because there is the sport chojao and there is the sport funds and they're kind of pulled out of that and they are kind of popular in the in the kind of sport wushu realm but if you're in beijing and you can find some of the guys that learned through the wubin lo uh, lineage it's quite interesting to see my teacher learned a little bit but much later on in his in his life because his Xingyi teacher introduced Word? him to wubin lo yeah so he didn't go through the Word. whole system but he learned quite a bit of it um, because, you know, for him, it was like he'd done Xingyi with his teacher for so long. And he's like, you know, he'd like to learn how to use his legs a little bit more as well. So his teacher <laughs> was like, well, I'll take you to Wubinlo. And my teacher recounts this mm. story to me, like about when his teacher took him to meet Wubinlo. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, he said, we'll, uh, we'll eat lunch together. So my teacher, you know, you know, back in those days, no money. My teacher's like, you know, he's a poor person anyway, he was a poor person. We're right. talking about just over after the hard times here in China and, you know, they've got meal tickets and little things like that, like a 50 cent. Mm. And my teacher took this and bought what he could buy to put on the table at the restaurant. I even he even tells me, you know, my teacher's so meticulous. He keeps a diary his whole life. So even he even remembers what mm. he ordered, you know, what they ate. Mm. Like there was this, there was this. And he, I remember him saying that he also ordered a, a piece of like basically sponge cake. You know, that was special back then, you know. And um, and his teacher was there, his Xingyi teacher Zhao Zhong, his you know his mm -hmm. shifu from from for his whole life basically, um, you know from a young age who taught him Xingyi Chuan, introduces him and talks to Wu Bin Lo and is like telling him you know my student because they were good friends he's like uh, my student wants to learn with you and blah 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 and 
uh, if you'll yeah. accept to to study, you know, the way it has to be done back in those days. Your, your teacher right, will, right, will take you to right. introduce you formally. And he told me that at the restaurant, right. like halfway through, when when Wubin Lo agreed to teach him, my teacher, my Zhao Zhong, my teacher Shufu told my teacher, okay, so get on your knees and kuto. You know, uh, he's a, mm. you're, you're now, you're now going to learn with him. He's also going to be like your, that. Yeah. 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 So they used to tell me, my teacher used to tell me that like uh, Wubin Lo, they used to train in those days in the front portion of the Forbidden City. And um, okay. the open, you could do that back then, you know, and um, very early in the morning. And my teacher would ride a bicycle before work um, to uh, to where, where, you know, to the Forbidden City from Haidian, you know, this like. Think about this. You know, wow. you know this is. Wow. This is <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we think we got it hard because we got to catch a bus and a fucking subway, and it takes an hour. And here are these guys going from the other side of Beijing to the other side of Beijing on a bicycle before work. You know, and uh, that's a special event. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a special bike ride event through the city. Exactly. <laughs> so he used to get up early, and this was a daily thing. It's not like you know, and. Um, he, he, I remember him telling me that like he would arrive there and every time he'd get there, he'd try to be there. Like if they said they're going to be training at what time early in the morning, like seven or whatever, he'd try to be there 15 right. minutes or 20 minutes early. Cause you know, you want to be there. The, the traditional Chinese way is you want to be there before the teacher arrives, you know, you don't really? want to, you don't want the teacher right. to arrive and be waiting for you. You want, you want to arrive before the teacher arrives and. And he, he told me that he used to go and every time he'd get there, he'd arrive and Wubin Lo was there training, already training as if he's mm. been there for a while. And it doesn't matter how early it is, you know. And uh, he told me that he remembers the one day he's like, you know what, I'm going to be here before the teacher. He got up and he arrived before the sun even came up. And he thought he was there wow. before the teacher until he heard papau, papau, papau behind him and his teacher's throwing kicks. You know, and, and this is the generation, this is the generation that's gone. You know, I mean, the, those people and my teacher is also one of the older generations. They're going as well. I mean, I was at a Baisha ceremony for one of my older Bagua brothers and, and, uh, my teacher's still in Australia, stuck there with all of this, with his, you know, with his daughter. And he was one of the first of, of Li Ziming's eight first disciples and two others were there. My uncle. Uh, Zhao Dayuan and Wang Tong were there at the at the Baisha ceremony that one of Zhao Dayuan's students, who's my older brother, was was accepting students. So I I, I sent I shot a message to my teacher and I was I, I said you know I'm, I'm I was at this thing and I saw I saw uh, Zhao Dayuan who I, I mean I see him every now and then anyway and Wang Tong, but I said you know you and those two I. I know you, you guys where you are, but I haven't seen many of the other guys. I know, I remember Ma Chuan Shu, who's my older uncle, he passed away at the beginning of the pandemic. And, and, and uh, but the others I, from the original eight, I mean, I'd see them in passing. They weren't always regularly coming to these things over the years, over the last 15 years or so. And I asked my teacher, I was like, where are these other guys? Because only those two arrived. And he's like, Byron, we're the last three that are alive. The, the others have all died. Wow. You know? And that kind of hit me. It was kind of a shock, you know, like, oh, my God. And, you know, the, from the eight, there's three left. And even those three are pretty old now. You know, I can see a, a big difference between this time I saw Wang Tong and the last time I saw Wang Tong, which was just before the pandemic as well. So 
it's like wow man you know these are got to hold on to these times because they'll be they'll be they'll be fleeting they'll be gone you know definitely man and we got to step up man i've been you know i've been saying this a lot um we're at that time that age and that time in our training where we're seeing our teachers you know for lack of better words either enter the kind of retirement to where they're not you know who they were yeah um in their heyday or their passing and um you know we're going to be students for life but i recognize that kind of you know getting that fire up under our butts and going you know what i gotta hold this down yeah you know, i gotta i gotta kind of be present in a way to where I may not be able to fill these shoes, but I can at least step in the footprints. Yeah. And and, yeah. and, and people can see that, okay, you know, such and such shifu left left this right. person behind who's really who's really taking that 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 charge to go forward. Cause it's something I feel like I don't I I see oh man, I don't want to get too far on a tangent. I see a lot of teachers present, but not a lot of teachers holding torches. Does yeah, that make true. sense? No, that's like, true. Yeah, yeah. Like torch, like I, I'm not trying to be here on my own accord. I'm, I was past this for my teacher, and and now that I have it, I'm holding it up, and that's the only reason I'm holding mm -hmm. this position mm -hmm. because I'm holding this torch. And I think that's something we desperately need if we expect the youth to. Um, let me not get too preachy, man. This is where my heart lies. No. We expect the youth to want to follow and keep doing what we. Well, yeah, that's another thing my teacher says, which is kind of relevant. He'll be like, you know, uh, a lot of teachers today, they're, they, their knowledge is like a, a tub of water, like a big tub of water, right? And, and one student comes and you teach him something, you take a, a jug full of this water and you give it to the student. And then the next, another guy comes and you're giving him a jug full of this, this water. And he says like, but you got to replenish this jug. This jug mm -hmm. of your own mm -hmm. also has to re be replenished because... If you keep just focusing on giving this water out, you're going to run out of water. Mm -hmm. you got to fill up this mm -hmm. jug. What mm -hmm. does he mean by fill up this jug? Continuously training and improving yourself. Then this jug will mm -hmm. always be full. And you will always have mm -hmm. something to give to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. But the second you don't hold right. yourself up to that standard, that jug's going to dry up. You know, and, and that was an important yeah, message yeah. when he told me that. You know, that was quite a few years ago. So old in it. It's yeah. gold in it. And I'm glad you shared it, man, because it speaks to it speaks to my heart. Yeah, yeah. Well anyway, we caught we went off at a tangent. So we were on your yeah. teacher with <laughs> with Mizong who introduced you to Lohan uh Mid, sorry, Mizong and he introduced you to Chen Shitaiji as well. So let's let's carry on from there. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it, 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 that was it really. <laughs> 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 you know he, he did his thing um man i wish i wish i wish uh the story with him ended well so i i unfortunately man went through a series of, of, of heartbreaking experiences with teachers mm. um after arriving in china and you know me and and, and yan lao sure didn't end well um so i was with him from 06 until I wasn't, mm. which was 2009, 2010-ish. And uh, so t Beijing Olympics came, bro, and I got kicked out. Um, I was on that F visa that they discontinued. Oh, shit. And um, 
Yeah. So the hustle then was if you were trying to do martial arts full time while, you know, making a little coin teaching English, you, you just shoot over to one of those language schools, pay you a little, you know, two, three hundred RMB to one of those agents. Yeah, and they get you and a visa. They put a little F visa. Yeah, man, it's easy. That way now you're not tied anywhere. You can move how you want to move and it's a it's a nice bargaining chip when you don't want to be in a contract teaching English. You just want to be able to make enough to in my case, pay Kung Fu dues. Yeah. So, and that wasn't that much. And so mm. they, when the Beijing Olympics were coming in, it's like they made, they had like a concerted effort to not only cancel that visa type, but if you were on it, I remember them knocking on my door and saying, I, which I did, I had like two weeks before that visa would expire. But what they said was, you have two weeks to leave the country. And I was like, what? And I was kind of confused because I'm thinking, well, how you? What do you mean two weeks to leave the country? What if I get another visa? And he mm. was like, he was like, the only, the only choice you have if you don't leave in two weeks, is to go to the visa office and they'll give you a 15 day extension on a tourist visa. So they, no matter what, they're canceling that F visa. Right. They're gonna give me a 15 day, uh, tourist visa, and then on that tourist visa, I could renew it by leaving the country until the policy changed back. But here's the play. Because I was on the F visa, they had it documented that I couldn't even go to like another visa type, like Z visa or student yeah. visa. It was like they, they knew, if you've been on this type, you ain't really been here for anything but whatever you're here for. Yeah. And so for, you know, you know, basically I had to go, man. They extended me 15 days and I had a month to pack my stuff and go um anyway i share that because i left and then after about nine months of being i spent six in japan and a few months here back in the states and then my teacher is like i go back to dolly in to visit it was only supposed to be like a like a little month trip mm. now i'm gonna go back and he's like let's open the school together i'm like stop <laughs> And never in my right mind did I think I'd be opening a Kung Fu school in China. <laughs> yeah. Stop, right? And so I'm like, yeah. And he's like, don't even trip. He's like, you know, if you can put like 10%, that's enough. Like you ain't even got to, you know, I'm not looking for somebody to to go half or go, you know, ha you know, like basically 10% is enough. Mm. And so uh, that was something doable. We opened this school and, um, I'm going to cut past all the details and say it didn't work out the way I think he envisioned it. Oh. And um, there were more, you know, originally the idea was I teach the foreigners and he teach everyone else. Right. Because he didn't speak any English. Um, the problem was everyone else didn't show up and the foreigners did. Oh, and shit. And he, one, you know, that's going on. And, you know, our neighbors are like, hey, your student is pretty popular. <laughs> oh, it's not looking really good right so then you know he came to me and for lack of better words he's uh, lack, lack of explanation he took on taking the over my class of the expats right and the, the expats weren't too happy about it because most of them were having class with me because they couldn't speak Chinese of course you know Dalian has like a Silicon Valley they have like HP out there they got all these tech companies and a lot yeah. of these a lot of the people working there, you know, they, they're there because of work. And this is a cool opportunity to do something in China without having to, you know, go out and learn a language first. Right. 
And I remember them telling me as a group, they were like, I'm not paying to come to a class I can't understand. And you know, I try my best to sell it to him. It's like, you know, the master though, the master wants the master wants to teach you. It's the master. Yeah. <laughs> right? I kept throwing the M-word at him. And um, it was enough to get them to go, but you know, it was a horrible class from when it got reported back to me. They spent most of their time trying to figure out what he was saying. Oh no. And you know, I think he kind of assumed everybody would be like me and a few other foreigners who came to me who were just so passionate about Kung Fu, well, listen to blah, 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 and You just try. And, you don't and care. And kind of try. Yeah, you try. We don't care. We want, we study in the Chinese, and we just know at some point, I'm going to know enough to understand you. But as of right now, you know, please give me some body language right. <laughs> so I can understand what you're, what you're talking about. And But they were not that group. No. Um, you know, if they were, they would be taking language lessons instead of trying to do Kung Fu with someone who speaks English. So they all stopped coming, and I remember he said to me, he said, what happened to them? And I said, you know, a lot of them said that uh, they had a hard time just communicating. Mm. And he was like, but you don't have a hard time. And I was like, yeah, some people are different. And he made this remark. He said, you must have said something to them. Oh, no. And I was like, it was that. And this was the beginning, kind of the end. And so at that point, you know, I can't reopen the next pack class. Cause that was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> if I turn around and, 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 you know, now I'm back. Right. Mm. So, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, where do you need me to be of service and teaching? He said, why don't you teach the kids? And mm. We'll just wait for others to come. And Byron, you know what happened? Mm. The kids came and nobody else came. <laughs> oh no. Here we go again. <laughs> and um, so what, it was it's a double edged sword. The parents of these Chinese kids see an opportunity for their kid to practice more English. Of course. With the American who does Kung Fu. So they're quick to sign up. And then, you know, a few of my friends who have kids, they they're like, Yeah, I throw them in there. And so then he takes over that class. And actually it's fine. You know, they for the most part when he takes it over nobody un enrolls. But now we have this kind of awkward relationship. And it gets compounded by the fact that at this point I was more chin style based with him because that's where he his passions lie and I'm trying to follow his footsteps, right? So I had kind of put these on twin on the side mm -hmm. and I'm doing more chin style. And I was requesting him to teach me the the pouch, right? the, the the Arlu form, the Lao Jia Arlu. Yeah. And he kept putting me off, bro. Mm -hmm. And so I shot over to this the Shenhua bookstore. This is back in the, the DVD. That's when I seen your teacher, too, actually. Uh, Around okay. the same area is when I bought your teacher's DVD. Uh, okay. <laughs> I shot over there, and cop, I, I copped a few, you know, few of the DVDs, the BCDs, actually. <laughs> the BCDs. <laughs> That's what they were. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I still have them. <laughs> right, I don't I mean, have you know, anything to put them in, but I still got the BCDs. I don't have a CD drive at home anymore. <laughs> Joyce was cheap too, man. It was like five RB or something, so yeah. I'd load up. Right. And um I cop I copped the chin style Laja Alu form and I taught myself the form at home. But you know it's not enough space in the apartment, so I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go over to the school so I can really uh -oh. perform. And uh yeah, I wasn't thinking. Your uh oh shows I I wasn't thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but it never crossed my mind this would be a problem because I'm just learning from a DVD, from a BCD, right? Yeah. 
And so I go into the school and I'm in there practicing the form. And I guess it was well because he was watching me on the camera and then he came into the room and he was like, who taught you that? I was like, nobody. I learned it from, from, the, from, a, from a DVD. He was yeah. like, And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nah, I really, I really learned it from the DVD. And he was just like, nah, impossible. He just walked out. Like kind of ups, like angry. Right. right. And so at that point, that was the day I stopped having classes, not by choice, because we stopped showing up during our regular training time. Oh, no. And yeah. so I uh, I asked him, you know, after like a few weeks, I said, hey, um, even though I learned from the video, I know there's a lot of details and a lot of stuff that I'm going to need you to instruct me on. And I was hoping. Now that I've gotten the preview, you know, it could be something we can go through together. He was like, you still need work on your ELU form. And I can allow my ego. I'm, I'm then more so than now. Don't give me a you still need to or you might not be able to. Yeah. For me, that means I'm finna go a thousand percent on it. Like, that's what it means. Yeah. So as soon as he said that, I asked him, I said, how much time do you think I need? to be ready with the Lao Jia form before you show me, the Elu form to show you before you show me the Arlu form. He was like, I don't know the time. And I said, give me two weeks. Because in my brain, I'm thinking, I got you on video. And if we really finna go there, I'm finna really give you you, right? <laughs> I'm finna really give you, I'm finna really give you you, right? And I want to see what you gonna say after I study. Because in my brain now, I'm thinking, I've, I've never really been so intent studying a person's motion right until that moment and i went home bro and i drilled off this video he did in the car I just drilled 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 and when that friday came it was a friday friday came back around he was sitting in the office and i said can you uh come see my form i think i'm ready he kind of smiled he came in and when i tell you you ever do something so good you don't understand why you did it <laughs> so good this time yeah. And not the times, so the several times. Like I mean, I hit this form in a way where I never felt this good when I was practicing it. Mm -hmm. And when I finished, my arrogant side kicked in and was like, "Is it good enough?" <laughs> and his how you like them apples? His response was, <laughs> and his response was, "Good enough for a foreigner." Oh. And now at this point. I'm realizing we in the funk because that was my number one red button as a competitor. I mm. used to hate hearing, you know, he's good enough for a foreigner. Like as if me being a foreigner somehow didn't make me just good enough to get the gold medals I was getting. Right. And he knew that. We had those conversations several times for which he's defended me over because he knew how I felt about it. So I knew when he said that he was trying to communicate something. So afterwards, you know, now we kind of in a space, almost like man to man space. Like ego, it's all ego though, because once he said, you know, good enough for a foreigner, I was like, is it good enough for you to teach me the second role form? And he was like, Monday. But now look what's happening. We not meeting on some building. This Monday is now established on like tension. Oh. And you know what I'm saying? So when I show up to the Monday class, you know, in the Chen style, Elu and the Arlu form, the opening mm -hmm. is exactly the same. Yeah. Why he why he make the Monday class? <laughs> <laughs> why he 
why the Monday class was just to open it. I had already knew. <laughs> <from the laughs> I <before>. see. <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's enough. And, and I'm like, hold up. I already know this. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's all like something along the lines of, you know, we got to take it slow. You need details. And I'm sitting here thinking, but you know, I already studied the form. You're supposed to be giving me the details. Right. And so he he bounces out. He don't even hang around the school. I mean, this was literally, he showed up for 15 minutes to show me that. Then he bounced. So he made his point. He made his point clear. Mm. I'm still not showing you, right? Mm. And so I'm talking to a Kung Fu brother at that time. And I'm like, bro, you know, this is what's going on. He's like, he's training. He's, he's a Kung Fu brother. And we, we shared his teacher together. Mm. He's like, he said, man, you should take a break. And I'm like, but dog, we got the Dalian City competition coming up. Yeah. You know, I still need, like, he's like, man, just trust me. Some time apart, y'all be back to where you were in no time. So I take his advice, and um, the city competition comes up. I go over to the school, and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you going to come? You coming? He's like, nah, I got some stuff to do here. And I'm like, it's all good. You know, I'll show up, one-man show. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just the city competition, right? Nah, I'm lying. Bro, I need him there. <laughs> you yeah, see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like that small city like Dalian, the Wushu community is, is pretty tight. Like, So if you don't show up to represent with, with, with some kind of crew, you do feel kind of like odd man out because yeah. everybody knows you're, you, you're not there with your teacher or any classmates. And that's exactly how it was. Bro, I showed up and everybody's like, yo, where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? Why is so-and-so not here? That's the whole thing. I'm, that's the one conversation I'm having over this whole weekend. I rock out, I get my medals. Luckily, the homies are there to take photos for me. Mm. And Sunday, I come back, and now we get into where pretty much our relationship is. That Sunday, the competition is over. I'm trying to come back and be like, yo, check it out. I represent it for the school. And he's there, some of my, my, my classmates there, and they're trying on shirts, which are official school shirts. Yeah. And I don't have one. Uh-oh. And... So not only were none of you here for the competition, you're actually over here trying on official gear, and it ain't nothing for me. Mm. So I'm like, all right, let me take another month off. And during that month, actually, is when I went and seen who's now my shifu. I, I went to Beijing for the first time. Oh, okay, okay. And, um, yeah, because at this point, I'm choosing the art. I'm I'm in a place where I'm like, Yo, I'm tired of, you know, showing up in these arts and, yo, they cool, but, you know, yeah, I think, you know, I want to kind of do Shingi kind of, Shingi is the one art when I seen it, my heart literally raced. Right. Like, I literally was like, like, yo, that's the, that's the shit, right? Like, I was into <laughs> it. And so, and so, you know, I'm looking for Shingi people in Dongbei and it was kind of hard to find. And again, YouTube is not kind of the default thing yet. Yeah. You to just you know, and even Yoku and all that stuff still wasn't default like that. Mm. And so I found her on uh, what's that blog, the Weibo Asina. Oh, okay, yeah. Blog, yeah. I found her blog page and shot down there during my month off. And when I got back, went to the school, doing a photo shoot for Kung Fu Mag. It's like ten o'clock at night. I know he's not gonna be there. I haven't seen him in a month. Mm. And he pulls up real late. I'm like, damn, what are he doing here? He never here at this time. Mm. 
and he's waiting in the office and you know some homies are you know helping me shoot the photos and they're like all right yo thanks and i tell them thanks they're like all right yeah thanks for the dinner and everything see you tomorrow they leave and i come and i say you know hey how job was you and he's like yeah it's a long time he said uh before you go leave your keys oh shit i was like okay and he said don't worry about the money i'll give it back to you and i was like all right i ain't even i just changed my clothes put the keys on his desk i, I wasn't even thinking about the money actually i was mm. just kind of in shock like of course what's the re what's the what <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah. and um that was the last time i seen him up until like 2012 i made a trip to dolly in and, and popped in on him and kind of closed the chapter but things didn't end well man that's where me and Master Yan ended with the, with the lost track and okay. and the chin style, and ultimately that's how I lost contact with Coach Leo, who I wish you know, I was better with keeping his info, so I could have kept that relationship outside of him. This was pre WeChat days, so I mean, yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't have anything. I had a phone number for which you know he didn't keep because I did call it a few times after moving to Beijing. Yeah. Because I wanted to, I did, I wanted to tell him like, you know, hey, did you talk to Yan Lao Shi? And just ask him, did he tell you maybe why? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He yeah. was like, and then kind of expressed to him that, you know, I'm not saying I want to come learn from you, but I do want to keep communication with you. Like, yeah, keep you know, the I relationship going. And you yeah, yeah. And he definitely was an inspiration to me on how to train. But I lost that contact info, never found it again. And plus, because he was older, you think at this time, I was learning with him he was already in his 60s yeah and so you think you know now he's well into his 70s going on his 80s yeah well yeah man. it's not the best way to close that chapter but it does happen right so but you know again it, it pushed you it awesome. pushed you forward into something else once again and i was going to be renegade the homies and wudong was like come to the mountain we got you mm had some homies in Shaolin that was like, come to come to the temple, we got you. And I was like, y'all did me wrong the first time around. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to Shaolin either. And then, you know, I was kind of thinking, man, you know, and I ain't trying to be nobody's student like that. I want to learn, but I'm not trying to have these commitments where I'm giving myself and it's not being reciprocated. You know, I'm being treated like a commodity almost. Hmm. And um, I didn't, I definitely was in a, you know, you know, if it ain't strictly training, I'm not trying to really be a, like a part of it. And I sad to say, that's kind of how me and Shrifu's relationship began. Right. I just come down to Beijing, bro, train. She'd be like, you want to go to lunch? Nah. You want to do this? No. How much is it again? Here you go. Right. Like, I literally was, I literally was like that strictly business. Teach me to teach me to fist and, 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 and I'm out. Right. Right. Um, and I think ultimately, though, because when she tells stories about me, understands it from a totally different space and mm. i had to kind of reveal to her why where i was yeah. and i remember her yeah 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 but it definitely did push push me forward and uh made me realize that you know sure foods and lao shirts are people too yeah of course and, you know make mistakes they have their yeah. human flaws yeah, just like the rest of us so right right you know right. it's very interesting because you came to beijing and you were looking for a Xing Yi. And 
the, the interesting thing for me is that you found one of the practices of Xingyi that is not common in Beijing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, song mm-hmm. style is not mm-hmm. is not really a Beijing thing. It was brought here much later, much more recently, and even till today, it's not the prominent. It's it's Hebei that's prominently practiced here. You know, so it's interesting. And that, they call it song style Beijing Pie, also. Oh, really? Like it's like inside the Song family community, we were apparently the Beijing school yeah, of song yeah. style. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that's really interesting. And, and that just happened to be because that's what you found on 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 Weibo, right? Did I lose you? Oh, you! I told you this partially. Oh, teacher, actually. You, you broke up. You broke up for a second. I there. had that. I had the VCD. Ah. Oh, sorry. I said I was trying to find your teacher. Ah, I yeah, was trying yeah. to find your teacher. Oh, okay. okay. And and what happened was. So, my initial introduction to Xingyi was a teacher in in Fremont, California. So during that little bit of time mm. that I was back here because I was kicked out in the Olympics, I was doing one-on-one classes with a guy uh, called He Tao out of Fremont, California. Okay. And and but he, he was the first time I practiced it. The first time I seen it was your teacher on VCD. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And I, re- I and I remember I remember watching it going, yo, the way he coming forward, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps now. The way he coming forward, bro, if if, if man, what like it spoke to me. Like it's, yeah. I felt like that was I literally I, I I remember feeling like that looks like my personality. Like <laughs> well, it's I'm, true. It's I'm true serious. what you're saying. It, it, it's it, true. It, it, it sings yeah. to a certain type of personality. That's why I kind of wonder: right. Did Shingy give me this personality, or did my personality give me Shingy? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. I know, I know, I know for a fact. I was attracted to Shingy based on the kind of person I am. Mm. Like I, I know, like that's why it got me excited. It was like I seen myself in a movement art and. The way I I always describe it to people, I say what I seen was it's it's an unass- it's, it's, the art seems very unassuming. Like when it starts, what's this? It's nothing flashy, pizzazz. It looks real simplistic, and then suddenly, it's like oh. <laughs> well, that escalated oh. quickly. <laughs> and that that kind of represents the way I feel. I'm quite. I tell people I'm the most peace. I'm real calm. I'm real. I'm. I don't want smoke. I don't want nothing to do with you. Just be. I just want peace, happiness, love, and light. I'm really that way. Mm. And I'm always searching for ways to keep that maintained. But when it's on, oh, it's on. I'm on. I'm on. And that's what I seen in Shingy. When it's on, it's on. And I loved it. I just. I. I felt like my body, and it does. When I do Shingy, my body really. My mind really connects to that motion. Mm. I really do feel like. I'm expressing something from the heart. Yeah. And so yeah. I seen your teacher demonstrating it. And so when, you know, me, I went and seen Lilao Shirt during the time I took that month off. And I wanted to kind of explore if Shingi was something I wanted to continue to do because I was doing it with this guy, Hotel and Fremont. And it was cool, but we were only going once a month. And um I feel like maybe my my type of a session of training was quite different. Mm. I was moving quite fast. 
And I think that's because just in general, most students in the States, they got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And I didn't have work. I was just back teaching martial arts and training. Yeah. So I, you know, when he'd give me something, you gave me a whole month with, with, with Bung Chun. Yeah. Bet. See you in a month. And so when I'd come back, there was, he'd be like, man, okay, I'm going to, it was almost like he was just shocked. He was like, I got to give you more material. You, yeah, yeah. You're actually, you're actually putting in the work. <laughs> right. Right. And so, I, but at the same time, it was slow for me. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense because I'm only going once, once a month. So it was kind of slow for me. So I wasn't sure, even though I, I took to it visually, I wasn't sure I would take to it training wise because I wouldn't get it. Right. It was like I was starved. It was like I wanted more to chew on. Mm. And so during that month off, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll try to do a little shimmy. Yeah, I'm sure come around and we'll get back to business as usual. Mm. And I couldn't find it in Dome Bay. So I was like, I'm going to go see. I'm going to try to find that teacher who got that video. And I had the homie look me. I, I, I had the homie, the Chinese homie. I said, yo, can you try to find him online? And he went in and he was like, you know, sorry, I can't find him. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know how hard he tried. At, the, at that time, my Chinese wasn't good enough to do, the, do it on my own. Yeah. So I don't know how hard he looked. right? But he was like, he couldn't find him. And I was like, well, click on the videos. Maybe we can find a link to somebody we post on videos. Mm. We, buy, we buy doing, by the way. We yeah, just buy yeah. doing yeah. his name. And what ended up coming up, under your teacher's name, of were assortment of different Shi'i teachers in Beijing, and it included Li Lao Shiren. Ah, okay. You know, here was this woman, and I seen the thumbnail, and I was like, yo, click on that one. And I was just like, yo, she powerful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's powerful. <laughs> I said, is there a number on this video? And it just so happened that led back to her Weibo Cena blog page. Okay. And had her contact info, and that's how I got to her, yeah. Yeah, my teacher wouldn't have That's a blog. I, I mean, he's like 70-something, so him getting, he's pretty good with a computer. He's pretty good with a computer for his <laughs> age, but he's not going to be like blogging and doing things like that. I mean, he's not that generation. He's, yeah. I mean, the fact that he's able to use a computer the way he does because, you know, he likes to type. He likes to write stuff. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. He's pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, when I'm close to him, I'm formatting his machine and reinstalling it at least once every two months because he's like, well, this thing <laughs> came up and it told me to install this thing because it said it would make the computer run better. And I'm like, that's a virus. Oh, yeah. you know? So let's clean your computer. <laughs> okay, okay. I won't, I won't do that again <laughs> two months later. Well, you know, this message came up and said this and this. I'm like, no, that's a virus. Don't do that. <laughs> but he's pretty good in other, in other oh, aspects man. i mean he 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 get on skype if I, you know or he's he's okay with skype he'll he knows how to email you know he, he's good with a week i'll give him a wechat call once like a video call once a month now as well oh. so he's decent in that regard but he won't have a blog i mean I, the only reason he has a website yeah. is because like when i was training I, I think it's it's i made it 12 years ago maybe and i was like you need some wow. some sort of a website because people are looking for you and that's when I made his website. And you should have did that a, a year earlier. Yeah, I know. See? <laughs> I know. Anyway. Yeah, we, I definitely looked. I definitely looked. And um, I remember my friend was like, Bail. <laughs> like, he just yeah. couldn't find him. And, but, yeah, it's cool, though. Your, your teacher's dope, bro. He, he, he's, he's, he was the first visual. Oh, that's and, good. And um, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really care too much style of Shingi. Hmm. Um because you see, I don't know if to make it like what, what what really attracted me was just being in that moment. He was just still and then it was boom. Yeah, yeah. And, and I tell people when I seen it, this is what was happening in my ear. Boom. 
boom. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Boom. <laughs> right. And, and and I was just like, bro, like as long as I hear that rhythm, that's what attracts me. And so I didn't care the style. Like like when I seen Lee well that's an interesting thing you say as well you know my teacher told me you know in in, when we get around to talking about the 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 period of the cultural revolution right and like i mean they they were training from before that so he was training through that too but he used to tell me like you know they'd Mm. they'd go train out in the dark at night and um Mm -hmm. you know back in those days it's not like the streets and everywhere was well lit up so you could find a dark place and train like you know and people wouldn't be able to really see you but he say he he would tell me that they would be able to hear other people practicing shingi just because of that tempo Uh, and that boom yeah boom boom. so without seeing them you know okay oh someone over there is doing shingi training somebody's over there doing yeah So they could hear each other, even though they didn't know what each other or who each other, you know, they could hear each other, you know, so. Right, right. Yeah. That's dope, man. It's, 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 it's a hell of art to me. Yeah. And um, once I got that taste, because she definitely gave enough on my plate and I was in that mentality of, I just want to train. I don't want, you know, it, it still exists today, actually, because that's how I, I approach the art where I didn't want to hear history i literally to be to be honest and though she didn't see it that way i was kind of a dick bro Uh, because i was so burnt of course from you know the past i was just kind of like let's just keep it i don't need to know your story i don't need to know i don't care bro i didn't know who her teacher i didn't i don't care about who your teacher is who you know i just i think i think your shingy is dope i'm trying to learn from you how and um but you know ultimately i came to learn she had such a similar story Mm. And we connected in that place from a place of brokenness, honestly, mm. um, being just done wrong by people who you, you know, you really dedicated yourself to in order to move the art and, you know, ultimately the school that, you know, these teachers represented along and, you know, compounded by me hearing and on, in the competition circuit, you know, oh, he's a foreigner or, you know, basically this this condition of me being a foreigner somehow some way you know swayed the judges to give me an extra point mm. or you know or some craziness like that she received the same thing being a woman and she, of course you know, once, once i started hearing some of her story it kind of you know it kind of makes soften my heart a bit kind of like you know what if there's gonna be anybody a lot of stuff i could say it this way we had a lot of conversations later that was understood early on mm. without us saying anything like when she took me to the first competition before she put me on the team, I remember her like moving a certain way, like stopping people from taking photos with me and doing stuff. And without me having to tell her the background that I came from and why it bothered me, you know, like, like little things. And, and, and I remember thinking, you know, she's, she's quite intuitive. So when I finally shared with her the experience with uh, Master Yan and my Jukalum stuff, mm. She just kind of looked at me and, and like lightweight cried without crying. You know how you can tell somebody's trying to hold back tears? Yeah. And then and then just kind of shared with me some of the stuff that she had went through, especially with Song. With, oh, boy. Especially with the Song family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be a woman realize, in that environment. Like, I mean, I can imagine how hard it would yeah. have been. Like, Bro, I, I took a moment after hearing her stories and something just said, Yo, go back and check them old photos again. And in every photo, she's the only woman. It's like 10 dudes. Yeah. 
and they made me it, it now I have the stories and I, I, I have an image now to where I can go, damn. You thought it was hard just being only foreign face at a, you know, a city competition or at, you know, a provincial competition or something. Mm. Imagine her being in West Bubble Fuck Shanxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see a little type wave. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like imagine imagine that. And um ultimately, you know, it, it was I look at that time before now as needed because uh she placed a lot of trust in me and and, and seen the desire of my heart to just be authentic. Right. And, and you know, here we are now. Yeah, here we are, master and disciple. Well that's good. I mean, it's good that you found yeah. somebody that you can relate to as well. I mean, with a similar similar background so that's that's like you know you infant they'll keep saying this word here so yeah destiny. yeah yeah kind yeah. of kind of destiny certainly yeah certainly certainly so you 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 started and then you moved to beijing permanently mm -hmm. what year was that so from that was 2011 okay so from i i met her for the first time the end of 09 2010 um immediately after meeting her me and yan me and yan lao sure broke up <laughs> for lack of better words <laughs> and <laughs> got divorced <laughs> and then uh, and then um i was training with her for i was going from dalian to beijing once a month for about half a year okay summertime hit and Beijing had you probably was there, bro, and we didn't even see each other. Yeah. Beijing had this uh like all city uh Shingi competition. Oh right. You know the one I'm talking yeah, about? What year it was, was that? it was held that was two thousand ten. Okay. I'll yeah. send you photos. I still okay. got I'm sure you was there, bro. I'm sure because there was a few foreign faces. I competed to get a chance. I, I competed in a competition once. It was a old Beijing like uh I forgot the name, and uh, a friend of mine, a guy who does Chojao Fanza, by the way, through Wubin Lo's lineage, okay. Okay. he's like, I'm going to compete. Why don't you come do Xingyi? And I was like, uh, you know, I, I, used to, I used to be a professional competitor, so I was like, ah, I don't feel like doing that mm -hmm. shit anymore. But he twisted my arm, so I spoke mm -hmm. to my teacher, and my teacher was like, why do you want to compete? I'm like, just for shits and giggles. He said, well, if you don't take it too seriously. Right, right, right. He's like, go ahead. So I, I you know, I, I competed, but I, remember, I was the only foreigner in the Xingyi division. Um, so mm. I don't know if it's the exact same edition, but you know, it, it was, did you go to any, this, this one was all Xingyi. It was nothing else there. Oh, okay. All Xingyi. And if you would have, there was a few foreigners there that competed and there were, there were two specifically who were judging. Oh, and I okay. remember wanting to go, go over to them and be like, yo, how the fuck you start judging this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if I can cuss on your podcast. No, you can. Bad. You can. <laughs> okay. It's the drunken boxing podcast. I'm... If we do it live, we're actually, we're going to be drinking a, a pint at the same time. So yeah, we got to do that when I'm back in Beijing. Yeah. And, um, anyway, we, I forgot where I was going with this. I got so caught up with the idea that maybe we were, <laughs> yeah, I remember the competition. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't go and even watch that. I mean, my teacher. I, yeah, I actually remember. I remember saying to my teacher, we were training that weekend. I was like, are we going to go watch the competition? He looked at me and said, what for? We're training. I'm like, okay, got you. Got it. Cool. <laughs> I got it. You didn't miss much, man. Yeah. Uh, considering you were already in the city and already intimate with the community. Yeah, Whereas yeah. for me, 
coming from Dalian, this was my first time seeing a lot of different Beijing singing groups yeah. um, present. And um, I know where I'm going with this now because you asked when did I move to Beijing. Yeah. So it was it was that competition that Shrifu seen me actually. She seen my competitive side. Uh, okay. Like it was like like up until that point, we I had just been coming down once a month, once a month, and then you know I came down like a month before that. And she said, "Hey, they're about to uh, register for this competition. It's all she need. You interested?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." And uh, she's like, cool. So I'm in Dalian, so it's not like she can, like, prep me, train me, and, you know, like, help get me ready. So I'm just up in the city, like, in Dalian, just like, well, maybe, you know, if I funk it this way, blah, blah, blah. So when I came down, you know, I had the earphones in. I'm in full-on, yo, Lawa Pai, I'm here. Yeah. That's why I just kind of rep myself. <laughs> I'm here. And, Lawa Pai. And, and let's, and let's, <laughs> Lawa Pai, and I'm here. Let's go. What's happening? Right? And um, I ended up, they had this competition with something where they qualify first through six. Oh, okay. And I remember there was like some dope, there was, there was some dope shingy. I won't lie. I won't even front. Yeah. My, my big old swole head realized, oh, you, this, yo, you thought you, you thought you was wearing shingy as a personality trait? <laughs> Welcome to the club <laughs> where everybody, where everybody thinks they the shit and they coming hard. Yeah. Right? Like, cause. You could see, I mean, Shingy is so weird like that, bro. You could, you could, if you, if you pay attention, you could see the, the, the overconfidence of I'm about to kill this in everyone's face. Yeah. Only if you knew what that looked like because you had it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could think of a few cats. I don't know their names. I got pictures with them. I'll uh, I'll tag you. Cause I yeah, yeah, yeah. Send them through. I remember. I remember after. I remember after seeing them go. I knew I wasn't getting first, second, third, or fourth. <laughs> like, I I was just like, yo, you ain't, you not there. But I was thankful for it because it showed me that's the level. Yeah. That's the level of competition. That's how hard you got to go. So I ended up getting like fifth, and weapons and, and fists, and that's when she was like. You compete often? It was like she was shocked almost. Yeah. Like, like she was like, You compete often? I was like, I used to compete a lot in these zone training. And she was like, Huh? She's like, You want to go to another competition in a couple months? Yeah. I was like, Yeah, sure. And we ended up shooting to like two more competitions before she finally was like, Yo, you should join this team. I just got to take you over to, I told you this. Already. Yeah, I just yeah. got to yeah. take you over to Training Research Association. And I was like, Bet. And after that, I was I got to move to Beijing. How am I gonna be in Dalian? Yeah, part exactly. of this team? And, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and not getting the team training and all that other stuff. So I, I went for jobs, bro. I lucked out. The university out there was like, "Yo, we want you." And that's awesome. it was the kind of hours that fit. And you were like, "How am I gonna pay for the hutong? How how am I gonna pay for the hutong?" At this point, I was trying to go back to the to the to the, to the airport and find the cat who hustled. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me. Give me my money back. <laughs> Stuff don't cost that much. Actually, you don't even work here. <laughs> I'm glad they cleaned all that shit up in Beijing. Because, I mean, people don't realize, when I first moved here, Beijing was the Wild West. It really was. I mean, you... And yes. It's yeah. much better now. In some ways, people would say it's very restricted. Okay, there's that side of the coin, mm -hmm. too. But... A lot of the, the monkey business has been just deleted, like, overnight. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is like, oh, you used to be a professional con artist? Guess what? 
Tomorrow you unemployed. That's that's you. That's that's how Beijing rolls. You know. <laughs> yeah. It is good. I agree, man. It it would feel nice, especially uh, when I came back this this time around when me and you finally met. Yeah. It was it it, it felt nice going through the airport and not having to worry about someone hassling you and and you know at that point you know better, but you know just just having family come and. This guy said that he's gonna get me a taxi. That no, no, no. Just stay where you are. <laughs> exactly. The subway goes to where we're going. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's faster. It's actually faster. <laughs> it is, and it's more convenient. <laughs> and more convenient. Yeah. Like just, just, just wait. Okay, I'll be there in a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. That, 2011. That that. So you got a job at the university. I mean, you were living quite far out, though. Yeah. I was out in uh in Haidian. Oh, initially, yeah, yeah, yeah. So real close to Wudaoko, but she was she still is um, in Dashing. Yeah, but not in the side where I was living. She was on the uh, the wow, well, I got a vision. It's southwestern part of Dashing. Okay. And so I'd be going. I'd have to take the subway from Wudaoko all the way down to Huangtu Huangtu It's like one or two stops before the last station mm. on what's that mine four far bro two hours yeah <laughs> like one way yeah four hours out of your day kind of thing yeah i mean yeah. That, i went through yeah. that too like when i first started training with my teacher there wasn't a subway line built where he was and so i would mm. take a combination of like an hour on the subway walking for 20 minutes a bus for 15 minutes, you know, so that like, bus, yeah. <laughs> shitty bus, get out, go train for two hours and then repeat two hours back home, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. It's worth it, though. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. And you know that yeah, I, I'm exactly. sure you remember that feeling after training and you're on a two hour ride home, but you're content, you know, mm -hmm. it's like. Mm -hmm. It's like a euphoric, yep. content feeling, you know, even though you're sitting on this grind of a commute once again, but you're happier than, you know, anything, you know, because of what you've just gone through. I'd be, I'd be leaving, man, and it'd be more than enough time to kind of like um, digest the class. Mm, exactly. Um, digest the experience and then realize like, Man, you gotta, you got, cause I was, just, I'd just go see her on Sundays. So okay. my once a month turned into once a week. Yeah. At this point, I was telling her, I don't need to see you for training. <laughs> Still on my business shit, but I was, I don't really need to see you for training, like every other day or every day. Like, just give me something to work on, and you know, I will put the work in and yeah. come see you. And um, so I, I remember being on that ride home, thinking, you know, if it was something hard, thinking, yo, you gotta go this week yeah. otherwise sweet just gonna be the same shit and for two hours yeah four hours out the like 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 i'd be rationalizing like you about to really you know that that four hour trip has got to be worth it right and ultimately coming back home is when i would kind of experience that joy of success like oh man she, she broke me off something new mm. old stuff is cool nice nice yeah that's awesome that's awesome. Yeah, man. So you stayed from then until you left last year. You 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 went deep in your training. You went deep in your life. 
I mean, I mean, you weren't here. For, you were here for quite some time. It wasn't like uh, a lot of people. I mean, I, I, I respect to the people that even come here for a year or two or whatever. But it's different when you're here for ten years and you're in the training and for that amount of time. It's just it changes you completely, right? That's why you said, and I was going to ask you about this when we started. You went back to the states and you had to do the reverse culture shock. You know, I was going to ask you how that felt. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it um. there's no way to really prepare for it mm. um, because you don't know what part of life it's going to show up in because, you know, ultimately home is home, right? Yeah. It's just the impact of home also being somewhere else yeah. and how it may differ culturally from, you know, where home originally is. You just, it's hard to prepare for. So it, in the beginning, it, it's not bad. It's just more of realizing like a lot of things that, you know, I took for granted mm -hmm. in China or may have been too harsh on with living in China. And in my comparison, like the one experience I'm thinking about is, is when me and my wife were driving up from San Francisco into Sacramento, mm. you know, the part of Daxing we were in in BDA mm. is really nice, bro. They got smart cars driving around. The street lights are connected to the street signs and they coordinate with each other with the crosswalk and everything. And they glow. I mean, trash receptacles are like robotic i mean it's it's like a futuristic city yeah down in bda abate it's it's away from everything but it's you don't i didn't really appreciate it until i was leaving san francisco airport and was like i hate to say it but this is my third world country yeah <laughs> like just looking around and the streets are incomplete and you know like stuff was just blaring at me and then you know i'm bringing my wife home who's beijing you know native yeah and this is what she's got to see. And it made me realize, like, man, you know, you used to make all these jokes about when China this, when China that. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually when amazing. It's amazing how, 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 like, even in the in the last five years, even how much the place has changed and how it's developed. And, and like, you, you do feel, you do feel mm -hmm. like, like, even now, I mean, okay, I haven't been traveling since the pandemic. But, like, when I used to go, like, to the States or New York, and I'd be like, you know what, some sh this is really shitty, some things here. Like, yeah. And you're comparing it to what Beijing has become, you know. It's like, people don't, people have this picture in their head of, like, Beijing and China. And there's people in these, like, these, these, these hats by the river fishing. And, you know, it's like, it no, no, no. I mean, it's, it changes so quickly and it's developed. Like I said, when I, when I used to train with my teacher, we didn't have a subway line there. Now, the Beijing subway, you, it goes everywhere. Everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's on time. It's clean. It's efficient. It's, it's orderly. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's just things change. So things have changed in such a productive way that I can understand when you go back and you see other places that are now slightly less developed, you're like, oh man, this is the third world over there. Man, and the pandemic didn't do any favors. No. Um, so that was the next shock I had was, you know, driving by you know, these tent communities Shit. here, yeah. uh, which is very unfortunate. But you know, the last time I had made that trip, I, it didn't exist. It was before COVID. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that I, that's my same trip coming home from asia wow. flying to frisco driving to sacramento and you know i didn't know how COVID affected here yeah and so you know to be driving around reaching sacramento and then looking and seeing all these tents along the side of you know, 
different neighborhoods where they didn't exist. Even in my mind, thinking this used to be a really nice neighborhood. What, what, what is all this? Yeah. Um, just you're not prepared for it, and then you know the immediate thought is, is you know, how can I be a service? How can I be a help? And then only mm. to have conversations with people, and some of them are there by choice. They're, oh no, I don't need no help. I, I purposefully gave up. You know, my house. This is much easier. And then it's like, what? Yeah. And then to find out, there's this new culture of people who are homeless by choice. It's not even called homeless, but it's like, it was just, it was, it's a lot. It was a lot to kind of take in. And I have heard of that. I have heard of that. Like, I heard about that like more recently, and I don't remember what podcast I was listening to, and that was a shock to me. It's like, what? People are doing that on by Mm -hmm. choice. That's this is interesting. They have a lot of on the road. They, you know, I pass people you know, daily. Um, and it's hard to kind of distinguish because, you know, you might be walking into a grocery store or something and the person standing there is like, hey, I'm on the road. You got anything to spare? And, you know, I remember asking, I was like, what you mean you're on the road? You traveling? Hmm. He's like, no, no, I'm just on the road. And I was like, all right, what you need? He's like, yeah, I just want to go get you know something to eat out of there. I was like, you need something to eat or you need cash? Because, you know, I don't have cash and I can go in and get you something to eat. But if you need some cash, cash real quick, Give me a second, I'll run in, mm. grab something, get some cash back in, and give you something. He's like, both are okay. And it's like, all right, and we're walking in there, and he's telling me how basically, you know, he works. <laughs> and and it's kind of confusing because I'm like, so why am I buying you something? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, bro. And this is what I mean by the reverse culture shot. I don't know how to navigate it, and I'm not trying to be an asshole. So I'm like, you know what? Let's get out there. Just get him. Get him whatever it is and figure all this stuff out later. But that really happened. Yeah. Like, dude was telling me he worked, and I'm, I'm confused by it. So I, you know, I don't know. It's such, maybe he working can't afford it. I don't know. But that's kind of what is different. Mm. Because before, it would be someone homeless who didn't otherwise have anything. And, and, no means. You know, you, anything. Right. No means. They're not, they're not getting any income. Um, doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But culturally, it's, it's, it's quite new. Right. And so it makes being back and having time to you know go do kung fu seem really like leisure you know what i'm yeah. saying like for real it really does seem leisure like whereas i just left china and it was just kind of the norm you know hey finish work about to go train right about to go teach right about to go you know like yeah, like yeah. like it's nothing yeah 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 so what have you been setting up while you're there i've been i've been seeing your stuff that you've been posting on facebook so what what have, what have you got going there we so uh, hopefully this Omicron thing doesn't get too out of hand. I think it's going to be okay. Um, and I mean, I, we, I don't really like to talk about that stuff in this podcast, but I'll just share this with you. My brother lives in South Africa, and that's like Omicron ground zero. And um, mm. I mean, he knows so many, like everybody he knows has had it. You know, it's like it's it's mm. it's not even an issue. I don't want to downplay the virus, but but thankfully, mm-hmm. thankfully, the people are not getting as sick or as seriously sick. So they're getting sick and then they're recovering. And it seems like that's what's happening with this. And even he even said like the hospitals are not being like overloaded with serious cases. So if that's what's going to happen, right, right. we can deal with it. Right. We can deal with it. You know? Right. So, so. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's 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 hard to navigate. Um, my biggest thought is you know, with my little one here. Yeah, of course. Once once I, once I feel like, okay, you know what, I shouldn't even be, I shouldn't even be 
out and about like that. Mm. And then I'm going to shut down the classes because I open. So I haven't taught Tai Chi man since 2015. Mm. And um, initially I had opened up an opportunity for people to, to do Xi. Um, and I opened it up for free. I had put it out there. I was like, listen, I saw that video correspondence. Yeah. 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 And like kind of what we spoke about earlier, Xi attracts a certain kind of person. Mm. And I think people don't realize what they're in for. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I love Shingi, so I always feel like I give it to you how to art. Yeah, it should be given to you. Yeah, give it to you. There's, there's nothing pretty about it. And if you feel like, you know, it's kind of not like it's just kind of the same old thing, this ain't the art for you, bro. Mm. Like, I, I'm I'm so so into Shingi. I'm trying to promote fuck all that other shit. Shingi for life. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> phone twin every day. <laughs> like, 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 like. Like, I'm literally on that page. Like, I want to be an example of you don't need to supplement and do, even though I I trained other things, I really wanted to be like, Xingyi is is interesting enough for the people who really are into it. Mm. I literally dig five elements. Nothing about it is boring to me. (laughs) Like, I really dig it. After all these years, it always feels fresh and new. Exactly. So I started these video correspondence uh, where I wanted to introduce people to the Xingyi method and get them to understand, you know, why I call it the Jingu method versus just saying Song family. And after I had settled in here, opened up physical classes. So, you know, to kind of put it out there because I'm not gonna say their names, but you know who you are if you listen in. These cats, man, sign up and they don't finish and it's free. Like, I'm available to them, 1,000%. Yo, right. here's Santi Shure and Metal. Go do ABC. Shoot me a video. I'll shoot you a video on feedback. And the idea is, is if we both enjoy the process, we'll meet physically, however that looks. And if mm. not, you know, if you're on your half or my half, uh, we just kind of feel like we don't want to go forward. We just don't go forward. And at least you got a nice introduction right. to, to what I'm doing. Mm. That's how that's how I've seen it. Mm. And... Um, out of the four people who participated, um, one made it to Zwantran. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then suddenly, you know, he was busy. And I told all of them this. I said, man, you don't need excuses for me. Just be for real. Yeah. Just be for real. Yeah. Like, 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 it's free. You're not paying for nothing. Just be for real. Yeah. Right. And, you know, suddenly he got busy. And I, was, I told him because he kind of missing his video like his video response deadline he was missing and i said bro if you're busy just take your time like like it don't make any sense for me I said, i'm expecting to hear back from you. Right. That's, that's that's the thing right like I, I literally am like i make your video and then i'm i can't wait to see what you did with the information and how you train yeah and so it's it is disappointing to not get it and if you're saying you're busy i much rather you just be like bro i'm busy I'll come back when I got free time. Now I don't have to expect anything. Right. And ultimately, he was the last one. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. The way I looked at it was, couldn't have been me. I'm trying to be the teacher I wish I found before Jukalum blew up. Yeah, I see. See what I'm saying? I'm trying to be the teacher I wish I found before me and Yan Lao Shield broke. I'm trying to be available and give people the opportunity to carve their own path with this. I'm saying to all my students, I am simply your teacher until you buy shirt. Right. And that's a choice you make, not me. I will never say, hey, you should be my disciple. You say that. Mm. You say, hey, I love this and I want to be more intimate. I'm approaching it that way because 
I don't want you to have to go through what I went through. Mm -hmm. And I be one of these people that, you know, for lack of better words, broke my heart at some point in my martial journey. So this can look like however you want it to look. I'm just facilitating the means for practice. I see. And with that said, it, I do, when I see people quit Xingyi with me, I do say Xingyi is not me. Yeah. Because I have no, it's free and I have no other intention but to give you the best possible experience with it. So I say you can probably find Xingyi and do it somewhere. Mm. cut well for you mm. but but i'm not gonna lie. i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie and i want to say this before i say it. you're included in one of the people i highly respect oh, i don't you. respect a lot of people she may practice <laughs> i don't i just and it's because i take it so serious. no i get you i hear I just you don't I, I i see what i'm saying i yeah. i take it so serious when i see majority of she i i i i can count on my hand the people whose practice i, re I respect but i know there's so many she practice yeah yeah, and I it's just you. as soon as I'm five seconds in, I'm like, nah, man, this, I'm not going to waste my time. I, my heart don't race. Right. I don't hear boom. Yeah. Boom. Like no part of it is shinging. No, no, it don't speak to me. And I feel like I do a lot of shinging to, to, to at the very least be a a, 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 a positive critic. On if, no, if for sure. Good you shinging yeah, or bad yeah. shinging. Yeah. You know what I mean? To just say, yo, that's good, man. It's good mechanics. It, 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 I, I'm not looking for a different a certain system i told you i didn't even get in the song family because it was so no i, I didn't know care. yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying like so i'm just like yo if, if it moved me like it got that shiny rhythm and i could see in that practitioner's face not a fake look of expression but right. they really into this man that gets me excited bro yeah. like, like it gets me really excited there's a lot of shiny theater I out think, there i think you know i mean that's another thing which we is go. interesting yeah there's a lot of shiny theater mm -hmm. out there and you, you, you know how to see the difference. Mm -hmm. That's why I was saying like earlier, like for us, when we see something that's beautiful, it's not the same eyes that other people are looking at it with. And like, so our, our, our idea of what's beautiful, it's hard to explain, but we know what we're looking for, you know? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So now that you're there, are you, are you setting up some classes? So my... I am doing chin style practical method mm. um, and because I, I have a commitment to that art with my teacher um, who gave me my Nagon practice. And as I mentioned earlier, I didn't, I hadn't taught it since 2015 mm. um, because I really wanted to, you know, a show my Shurfu that I was committed to, yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to, to pass it on her art. But more importantly, I felt like I had arrived in a place where I could give Shingy. I had been purposely waiting yeah. um, until I knew what Shingy looked like for me. Mm. Um, and to be able to give it, not just regurgitating what my master said, but actually taking something that I disseminated from her, right. passing right. it right. down based on my experience. Made it yours. And that was really important to me. It made it mine, right. And so with me teaching Tai Chi now, it's kind of that um, with my Tai Chi teacher, I purposefully stopped after having one student in 2000 because I realized I hadn't really acquired in order to give according okay. to my experience. Rather, I was just passing his for which I thought I understood or maybe I did understood, but I didn't have any experience with it. I said, you know what, why don't you keep training and then we'll come back to it. And that way when you offer it to people, you can give them authentic practice based on how I understand it, which is based on the, based on the knowledge he passed on to me. Right. And so I started that, um, which I'm doing through a rec center, which have been, they've 
awesome over there. Nice. And they, because of the success of that class, they were pretty much like, hey, we have evenings open. We have this super huge gymnasium. Are there any other classes you think you want to do? And I said, I, actually, I do. That's awesome. And so I have a course called Chinese Boxing, which is effectively it's just Xing Yi the Jingle Method. But I'm calling it Chinese Boxing because I recognize most people in Sacramento have no clue what Xing Yi is. Right. And I kind of have always been intentional about calling anything I do Kung Fu because I think there's just connotations there for people who are uninformed. Yeah. And so I said, you know what, we'll go with Chinese boxing. Uh, right now, that course is slated to be on Mondays and Wednesdays starting January 31st. Okay. And my goal, man, I've made, made it free to teenagers 13 through that. 17. Because that's, that's, I saw yep, that. And I think that's awesome. Them. Yeah. Yep. I don't want them. I, like I said, I want to be the teacher I wish I could have had. Right, right. And that goes back to when I first started, too. And, you know, again, my Jiklum teachers, they made Kung Fu free for me when they realized I couldn't pay for it. And who, who and needs it more bro, at that age than, bro, the kid, who needs yeah, it that, more? than the kids that can't afford it? Who right. needs it more than who those kids? More? Right. Who needs it more? And I'm a, I'm, I'm, I am a walking experience of that. And I'll never forget Sifu Pete, Sifu Peter Goldberg. And I want to say thank you again. Hmm. He looked at the whiteboard at the school where it was zeros across the chart for me unpaid. Uh. <laughs> Each month, zeros, right? And he says to me, he says, you, uh, are you going to be able to pay this month? Because you haven't paid the last couple of months. Mind you, I've been going. I just ain't paid. Yeah. I said, nah, C4, I don't, I don't have it. My mom didn't have it. I ain't have it. Yeah. He said, nah, don't worry about it. He erased, bro, he erased the whole thing. And then you know what he did next? What? He gave me the fucking key to the school. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> there you go. And who needs, who bro, needs it more? Bro. Right? Who needs it more? Bro, and I never forgot that. And to this day, I said, I'm going to pay that back. So 13 through 17, the only thing I require is what he required. But good grades. Right. And my good grades is just 2.5. It ain't even like you got to be, you know, valedictorian. 2.5. Just show me you do your work and we can go. We can build from there. So I'm hoping we get some teens in who take, take part in oh, it. That's a great endeavor, man. It's a lot to me to be able to pay that forward. I think yeah. that's really great. And, yeah. um, you know, I, we've, we've, I know you've got wife and new baby there and i don't want to take too much of your time we've been going mm -hmm. on for two hours we could still talk about the whole other side which is your korean exploit your your um mma combat uh, competition yeah, let's do a part two we'll do a part two for sure <laughs> so we'll definitely do a part two yeah. uh, we're not going to take your whole your whole friday evening you've got some family commitments there but i do want you to mm -hmm. send me all the contact details for all your stuff We'll put it in the show notes at, uh, and the, the description of this podcast so people can look, look you up if they're in the area. Go and see this guy. Go learn with him. And yeah, we'll, we'll do part two soon, man. So let's do that. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on, man. It's an honor. You don't know how honor I No, this pleasure is all mine. The honor is mine. All right, man. You have a good evening. Let's be in touch, bro. I said this to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's make sure we're in touch. I said this to you in Beijing, man. So, you know, we across whole ocean but we got this wechat thing so i'll probably be checking in on you just being like yo what's up man how's life let's in do the it city? keep me updated yeah i'll let you know what's what's happening All here right, we man. have you've missed the snow we had the three days of snow now so it came late but you've missed the snow i'm not i'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not 
not missing it. Are you I'm sure? Not enjoying the sun. You don't. You don't miss the sludge, <laughs> the sludge, and the and the and the and the mess. Oh <laughs> no, no dude. The way it just ruin your jeans. Exactly. And stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, all right, man. You have a good not evening. You have a good evening, and we'll we'll be in touch soon. Enjoy your weekend. All right, Thanks, man. Bye, bye.